Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the Dojo Army for having me also. Yeah, Movie Dojo Army slowly trickling in right now. We got Michael Gonzalez. We got Balin. Let's start the ruckus. Oh, yeah. That's right. Just slowly be coming in right now as we get it started. But today is a special day because I got a a, a person of prestige and badassity here. (laughs) I got to add both. Right? right? No, I appreciate that. An amazing head movement. That's right. That's it. I'm I'm gonna that's it. You're gonna you're now my you're now my Sifu sensei. <laughs> and, I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you monthly. We're gonna I'm gonna take lessons. <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna show me what's going on. All right, we got Mike Swift in the house. We got Jake Hall. He says, uh, what's up, Fat Samurai guy and Kyle? That's How's right. How's it going, Jake? All right, 12 badasses here already. There's Slowly but surely, they start swarming in. All good, badass ninjas. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Get this crack in here. Okay, so how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. It's been definitely a busy like past couple months, especially at the start of this year. (laughs) Now it's like March. Oh, great! What am I supposed to do now? Right. I'm still trying to find time to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like it's really cool that you know you had uh, you took some uh, your busy took some time out of your busy schedule to come in and and on the show. No, I hang appreciate out, hang out with us and the, and the movie dojo army. But um, this is cool, man. So, how long have you been in the, in the filmmaking business? In the actual professional side, I've been doing almost a. Le- almost 12 years now and filmmaking wise at least 12 years also like independent side of making my own things and everything else and they all coincide together so basically 2009 is like the the high point of like yeah you start off this and then 2016 was like okay now you're really focusing on this right 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 and trying to i want to say balance it was more or less like here this is what you're going to try and do let's see what Let's see if this actually does build the avenue that I want. And right, 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 right. And well, yeah. what's some of your inspirations? What, what what inspiration and motivations to get in the film industry? Like definitely the film industry was like or getting into like uh, being an actor, film. filmmaker, all that stuff. Like it was definitely when I was like really young watching Bruce Lee growing up. That that's definitely the thing. Yep, there we go. And I think around age seven was when I saw Jackie Chan's Super Cop. And a friend of mine actually said to me, like, that's the worst kind of, like, 
uh, worst kind of example to like want to be an action star. But I was like, I didn't want to really be an action star. And actually, yeah. I have it right here with me. When I turned like 2000, I think it was in 2005, I finally watched SPL. Yes. And I just said, you know what? I want to make a film like this. Like, yes. It's so simple. Yeah. The action is really well done. And the, cinemat- the cinematography was really beautiful that it showed everything that it needed to be. And then during university and everything else, I was just like, I'm all working the film industry. So in 2009, I actually made my very first film, which no one's ever going to see. No one's ever going to see that film because it's that horrible. As much as so many <laughs> friends of the cast and crew are just like, yeah, I remember you made that film. I'm like, hey. Don't bring this up. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. You got to get your feet wet. There's nothing wrong exactly, with that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And somehow I did it through the right channels of like going through the city, doing it through the film film liaison and managers of everyone just trying to get permits and everything else. That that led to me actually working in the industry itself. And right. I started learning to be a PA look in locations. And after eight years, I was like, okay, I, may, I, I should really, really, really want to be a, doing something. And then I think. In between there, I was trying to finish my degree, and then I started making my own web series. And it it slowly started like becoming of like, okay, do I want to make a film about this and make a film film about this? And then yeah. it always started with, all right, just grab a camera, do it with your friends. I was like, ah, great. And it was hey. like at that standpoint of like understanding, yeah, I, understanding how how does this work? How does this work? And yes, you learn you're learning as you go. Exactly. That's and awesome, though. And it's around 2012 that I really, really knew that, okay, let's try the YouTube route, which was, like, not a... It, it was before, like, how everything on YouTube was just, like, very, very, like, um, all no holds barred, basically, before right. every guideline everything else. And, yeah. and then when we started, like... This was, like, when the raid started coming out, and I wanted to do the... Yeah. Do fight choreography like that, or even like how Yipman act the Yipman movies yeah. were influencing on that part. And then exactly, exactly. The whole the chain punching in all my earlier stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, and the roll punch. I was just like, yeah, this this was like definitely a stylistic choice at the time. And yeah. then after 2015 to 2017, when we started understanding with my old crew that here's the type of films that we were making at that time. And now after 2017, it was like, okay, I need to focus on something more serious and everything else. And, and now it's like, okay, now I'm understanding everything. And so I'm like, do do you like this? Do you like what's this coming out? Do you like this coming out? Do you like this coming out? I was like, I don't like any of this as much as I took all these classes and everything else. And as one friend pointed out, she was like, you fell asleep through every film class and yet you passed <laughs> and you're a filmmaker. <laughs> how, how is that even possible? I went, you, you know, that's you, actually you, funny. You, you, you're brilliant. That's it. You're just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. If, if I was in those classes and it was multiple choice, I'd be like ABBA, ABBA, ABBA. That'd be it. <laughs> and then, it's sometimes C. It's yeah. Like, yeah it's, so C. And then it's like, there we go. And, yeah. And then, but the cool thing is, is that you're making the effort. Yeah, you mm-hmm. fell asleep. You still passed the classes. You still, yeah, exactly. you still showed up to the dance, though. Yes, exactly. You know, that's what's important. You showed up. You know, the, mm-hmm. passed those filmmaking classics, and now, you know, you're on your way. So let's talk a little before we get into Warrior season two. Um, uh, oh, by the way, we're best friends now because you like uh, Killzone. 
Oh, yes. I, I don't know That's if you good. knew that. We were already best friends now. That's it. Well, and I got to add this. Because, like, that shares my number one spot, Wilson Yip's other version of SPL Paradox is number one in my books because it's, like, simplicity at its finest. Yes. <laughs> That's the one uh, Tony John was in? Tony John was in for, like, a slight moment, but Louis Koo's the main character. That's, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I think like, they call it they call it Kill Zone Three over here, right? Yeah, which is okay. so weird. Like, yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. It was. That like, was good. That was really, I, really good. Wilson it, Yip, man. Oh yeah, like Wilson Yip doing contemporary films like that is just beautiful and simple. And the cinematography, who he gets for his cinematography, he knows how to do it, and that's the yeah. type of films that I really like. Yeah, and uh, Killzone blew me away. Well, it was SPL at the time. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> we got other people coming in. They're coming in. The badass is watching. Thanks oh, there we go. Coming. And liking the video, guys. We appreciate it. Um, the the cool thing was well, the crazy thing was I don't know if you know, have you seen me mention this in my other videos, but I didn't know. I don't know where my buddy got this bootleg. But I guess mm -hmm. there's certain bootlegs that are that people put out there. Yeah, that have happy endings. Yes, I've I actually my cousin actually had that one version, <laughs> of SP, the first SPL. Where, yes, and that I was watched the one we it. Saw. Yeah, so I still well, I, I still was blown away, especially yeah. the alley fights. One might be one of the best fight scenes in history. Oh yeah, history. definitely. Um, uh, did you know that was a, did you know that was Donnie's challenge to Tony Jaw? Did you know that? Uh yes, I yeah. did because it was like. 2003, here comes Tony Jaa with Ong Baek and TYG, and yeah. then they were saying that Hong Kong films were dying out, and then Donnie yeah. was like, you know what, screw that, I'm bringing this back, and he brought yeah. the MMA element, and just his ferocity of the Hong Kong style. Yeah. And that was like the evolution of Hong Kong style, and now it's like, it's now like, here's that, and I saw your reaction to Raging Fire, which I am definitely hyped for, but questionable because of like how... um. Donnie, it's been a decade of Donnie Yen questionable movies. <laughs> right, he's been up and down. Yeah. Because er everyone that knows Donnie Yen, like, how, how many people remember Iceman? Oh, oh, I hate it. Yeah, exactly. I hate <laughs> it. And I, and I love Donnie Yen, but I have to yeah. be honest, I hate that movie. I hate that movie, too. I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can go into how, how much Iceman was just like, yeah. this exists? I, I don't even know what will happen. I, I, what happened with that movie? Oh, uh, but yeah, but the uh, we still loved the movie, but the whole happy ending, we were like, oh, okay, I guess that's how. Yeah. We just accepted it. We were just like, oh, I guess that's how the movie ended. And then exactly. when, we, when Dragon Dynasty released the movie here in the States as Killzone, yeah. we, I bought it right away because I love it. And when we watched it, we were like, holy shit. When we got to the ending, yeah. we saw the real ending. Yes. We like, oh my God. Like We were like freaking out. Like, yeah. Like, like this, I grabbed I grabbed the lady Pamela and my wife, yeah. and I was like, "Holy shit! What did that just happen? <laughs> that just happened." It's it made for a better movie, though. Definitely, you know, and it's sad, but it's still made for a better movie experience. And that's why I like about some movies that have that realistic approach, in a sense yeah. of like not everything is all happy ending, which is most yeah. Hollywood movies. <laughs> uh, but right. uh, exactly right, and. What I remember watching through YouTube that was like, yeah, there's this ending. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I finally buy the, the Blu-ray of it. I'm like, this still hits hard. And yet, yeah. it, and that's why I liked about SPL, one, that it really gets the audience going from start to finish of yes. investing with such little time compared to like 
most other movies which over explain everything this one just really gets you sympathetic with each character even the villains and oh sam hong is just oh, like, yeah. sam hong is in top form oh, in yeah. this movie definitely and, uh, sam and yam like everybody's just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. it's, it's one of my favorites of all time definitely uh, i agree the music's good too the oh yeah like like just everything about the soundtrack that um, Chen Kwong Wing actually makes in every film, but definitely when he hits hard on SPL and Paradox, it just you get that yeah. right emotion through everything, especially with an or- orchestral yeah. feel. Yeah. So, and, so sorry, chat. This rest of this stream is going to be we're going to be talking about Killzone <laughs> uh, for five hours. Yes, five <laughs> hours straight. We're gonna. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad you're a fan uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, of the film as, as well as me and uh, yeah. and a lot of the movie Dojo Army they, they <laughs> yeah. as well. So going back over your career here, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you getting your feet wet and experimenting, making these badass short films. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the line here. Oh, the line. Uh, what? How should I put that? Um, Unless you don't was... want to talk about the line, <laughs> I, I can talk about it. The line okay. was like. Um, so here, here's what I could say about the line. Um, I remember talking with one friend about, about how I approach each film Yeah. and the one prior to the line was Vendetta. And someone asked me like, what, what was your inspiration? I was like, I was going through a breakup and he, and they said, oh yeah, this is like a definite, definite like representation of you going through a breakup. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of makes sense. So what was the line to me? I was like, the line was almost like. Like it was a definite fuck you to some people. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Like just I I will say certain local people like okay. who I did not agree with and right. always like thought like thought like, oh yeah, you're just doing this. And I was like, okay, we're gonna show you something that we could actually do. So fuck you. Nice. And, hey and so that's motivation, though. It is. I mean, it sucks. It sucks. You have to bring it from negativity, but the thing is, is like it's still sometimes that still comes out in a positive manner. Yeah, you and know, look, you, you you use that "fuck you" attitude, yeah. and it motivates you to do something better. And I, I gotta say, because like, um, like your intro and everything else, it it's almost like bringing back as most people liked it. It brought back like that. Early two thousands era of like WWE and all martial arts movies and metal were all mixed together. Like someone stated to me during one viewing, yeah. saying that, saying that, yeah, it brought back like how you watch Jet Li's The One. I was like, <laughs> okay. I appreciate that, time, especially with the ending of just like bringing one of my favorite bands, um, one of their songs in, and. We played it ter- during the ending. I was like, "Hey, we're doing this short film. Is it okay if we use one of your songs?" He's like, yeah, oh. yeah. And he's like, "Yeah." On Facebook Live, he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Just use it. You can pay me nice. when you get, get. You can pay me when you get paid." But other than yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. And I was like, "Shit, that's awesome." Yeah. But you know, it was. I just wanted to let Chat know about the line. Is there a way we can watch this, or is this still coming, or is this still in the works? Uh, the line is definitely out on my Vimeo stream. I will send the link to you to actually see it it's actually on my vimeo.com slash black ice 140 productions okay slash, yeah <laughs> there's right. like a huge right. right there 
But um, that one's I just out. wanted to highlight it, man, because these screenshots, I was like, dude, this looks fucking badass. You know, it's, it looks badass from these screenshots here. Yeah. You know? and, so I was just we, like, and we actually tried to do something very different, which some some of my uh, stunt guy friends are like, would you really fight like this with two kukri knives and two grommet knives? I was like, it's something I've never seen before, okay? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I wanted to do something. And we did it in a kitchen, which was like an O2 yeah. raid 2 at a right, time. Right. Zone because yeah. everyone yeah. always like copies and emulates something from another film. And I was like, I kind of want to copy what was in the raid 2, but actually try this do kind of feel. And yeah. then, exactly. It looks and, like you're having a fun. It looks like you're having it fun. was. It was a lot of fun, especially with all the blood <laughs> sprayed on me every time I had to go on the set. And <laughs> all I can say is that one was fun, but looking back at it now, I wasn't really proud of what was going on behind the scenes. Oh, which okay. I can't really talk about as much, but I it wasn't my proudest film. Okay. Okay. But but that's all good. I, yeah. yeah, I still wanted to highlight it for chat. So they no, no, of course it, it's it, it. I appreciate that, and uh -huh. like, I, and then you know, you were also a part of projects of Curse of Chucky. You're a part mm -hmm. of which, which is still one of the best Chucky films out there. Yeah. Um, Goon, I you yeah. were part of projects of Goon, and yes. uh, did you handle the fight choreography for Goon? Or you I just... did. I was a PA at the time, so I did okay. none of the stunts of these ones because okay. I was more of the assistant director side of it. And oh, right, oh, nice. Okay, all I could say is like seeing how like how most productions are really organized and everything like that. I implement most of that organization into my productions to make sure that. Nice. Everything goes right and everything just runs smoothly because yeah. I really want everyone to have clear communication. <laughs> like, right, oh yeah, right, you're right. Do we're doing this scene today. We're doing this, and this is how. Nice. This is the type of thing that we're gonna do here, and it, it was almost like doing my own short films and like fight scenes actually helped me organize and even communicate with my cast and crew of exactly what was going on. So. Nice. If, Anyone wants to know how to actually get a film crew and everything else, start a fight scene. Just emulate your first fight scene, organize all the shots, and then somehow you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll get a crew. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That's not easy. No, it isn't. It's and not easy. It's not especially, easy. Especially now that as reality sets in, there's a pandemic, but at the same time, there is clear communication that is needed and everything else. Right. And for, for what I've learned over the time, and I thought this was like a thing that I never knew. It was like solidified by Gareth Evans on the raid too. I was like, "Oh, this is a thing." I yeah. I appreciate this. Where prevising fight scenes was definitely a good tool, and there are shows that actually like do it on the spot if they didn't have time with the actors and right, right. They didn't have all this time with the actors to prep them, like in boot camp or fight camp. Yeah, that. That's why I praise Warrior, where they had both that time where they actually did boot camp with the actors, right. pre-visit, but also like while just not just pre-visiting, they actually like took worked with the production designer of like, okay, do we have this accessible? Can we break this? Can we do this? Can we do this? We need to have this. And that made it all like work, just like Hong Kong style does it. And right. sure there's times where certain shows like probably like John Wick actually did something like that too, especially with a eleven having the whole market on like yeah. knowing how action works for them. Right. 
And that's, I, I want to say, I want to get there. But at the same time, yeah, like, yeah. when you're really getting there, it's like, yeah, it's still a climb. But all yeah. I can say is we were lucky in our latest projects, which it's been a year. It's been a year now since we filmed my last film last year called Night Watch. Right. And, and it was like we had two months. So literally last January and February to train the actors, do a fight camp, get them to understand the characters and everything else, even previs all of our fight scenes around it. And then even the act and the small action scenes. And then when we started shooting, like literally today, last year for the next 13 days, we yeah. got everything done the way it's supposed to be. And we were so happy and so nice. proud that we got it done before lockdown. <laughs> before. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But I wanted to highlight these that you were part of these projects because I enjoy I enjoy uh, Curse of Chucky and Goon yes. is just so fun. Oh, yeah. I have not seen Goon Two. Is it good? Goon Two is like that that sequel that you know it it exists, but at the same time it's just like you don't need to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Sadly. And and uh, it shows also on your IMDb page that you were mm-hmm. assistant director for Run. Yes. The recent film that came on Hulu, and I'm hearing yeah. nothing but really good things about Run right now. Yes. Wow. Like I'm going to have to check it out. It's definitely done by the same director that did Searching. Really nice, cool guy, really laid back, and really has a vision, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do with this one. And, like, learning how, like, of course, they don't shoot everything chronologically, but the fact is they actually, it was, like, a really big mystery of how it would all come together. Especially, right. especially finally watching the film, and I was like, "Okay, this is really a nice thriller, a nice, really Hitchcockian thriller throwback." Yeah. I need and, to watch it. I heard nothing but good things about it. I won't say any more than that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, but congratulations, man! Moving no, on up you. there as assistant director—that's fucking badass. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> thank you. All right, now back to Kill Zone for the next five hours. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So we are here. Woo! Ah, you know, let's do the Bruce warm up here. Let's the Bruce warm up. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is right here. <laughs> yeah, here the, the wing like really ready. <laughs> we are going to talk about, and this is spoilers, uh, guys. But it's okay if you haven't seen it. It's fine. Still hang out and hear what we have to say because we are about to talk about one of the greatest, most badass martial arts themed shows. I've seen in years. Yes. Years. I, I honestly agree. can't remember the last time I saw I mean, because I have not seen Into the Badlands. People mm-hmm. tell me Into the Badlands. Is yeah. Good. But that's a, a totally different like vibe, genre. Yeah. Into the that's Badlands. That's like a mixture of genres, isn't it? That's like yeah. A mixture, it's like, right? It was like post-apocalyptic and like Western, but it. I remember talking to someone who was a martial arts film historian and like how they want to approach the martial arts and everything else in the story. Like they said, is it going to be all flare and flashy or is it going to actually be grounded? And they said, no, right. it was going to be flash and flare. And then I remember watching it. It, right. it did compel me at that time. But then when it, when they really, when AMC really lost faith in it, that's when I lost interest. And in I was just like, okay. Okay. And then everyone started telling me, watch Cobra Kai, watch Wu Assassins. I'm like, I watched one episode of Wu Assassins. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, 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 I have I, not I, watched Wu Assassins yet. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be. I did hear bad things about it. Um, 
I will give it a shot though, because my girl Catherine Winnick's in it, so I got to represent. <laughs> I got to represent Blackerfield yeah. Vikings. Yeah. All like I can say is some other guy named Iko Uwais is in it too. I don't know. Yeah. I, I will say this. I will say this, and I mentioned this to our mutual friend Lee at Film Combat Syndicate. I actually, yes. said, and I know I'm going to get flack from a lot of people. Okay, I've never worked with Kyle ever. It's all good. It's all good. I, it's all fun. I will say it's like when I watched it for the first time, I was like. Okay, you know how Donnie Ann had Iceman? This is Eco Wace's Iceman right oh, here. Oh, ouch. Oh, no. Oh, no. So if people want to understand what that means, yeah, you're going to have to, like, literally turn your brain off for an hour and 40 minutes of Iceman, and then you'll understand. <laughs> how about don't watch Iceman? Don't even you can do that. Avoid, avoid, to, avoid that and avoid its part two also. Yes. Go go back to uh, Ewan Bues and uh, Ewan Waz, yes. uh Iceman Cometh. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. So we do get some fans here of Warrior. Dark Soldier says, yes, it's good. Oh, yeah. We got some fans here. Tazlum is a badass. Oh, yeah. He is. Uh, that's another best friend of mine. You know, I'm just yes. declaring it. He doesn't know this, but I'm just <laughs> best friend. Car <laughs> is like, Seeing how Joe Taslam came from like the raid and then finally going into Fat Fury Six and then going into going into um what was it? <laughs> I, was, I was only in the background. <laughs> I was seeing that. But um just seeing how he went into that and then finally coming into Warrior as Leong and then finally becoming Bihan Sub Zero, that will yeah. be something to see when he portrays, yeah. and he Sun was Zero. he was he was also good in the Swordsman. Oh yes, the he Swordsman. Was but Joe Taslam's on his way up, man. Oh yeah, like, he's, he's really getting he's, there. He is up there, my best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yes, uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> Warrior season one. Yes. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, mm-hmm. well, see, you've been reviewing each episode yourself on your yeah. on your end as well. Yeah, right? like I literally. So I have to really go back to like when I first watched this. So back when it was like 2019, I was actually working on a series called um, Tales from the Loop, which is on Amazon right now. That's a plug. <laughs> um, hey, plug it. Yeah. So there was actually, and I knew that Warrior was coming out. And I just remembered like that day, like on set, I was like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And there was actually one actress that was actually from Warrior that actually guest starred on it. And oh, she, right. she actually played the younger version of Mai Ling on it. Okay. In episode nine, in episode nine. And right. she, um, she, we and I, she and I, we were talking about how, how she went back and forth on, uh, to South Africa to film it and everything else and how everyone was awesome. And then that I really had to sit down and watch it. And I saw like one fight scene and like on YouTube and yeah. I was just like questioning. I was like, okay, something's off. Something's off. But then I decided to give it one shot. Yeah. So, I watched the first episode back in 2019, and I just went. I just remember watching the first episode. I'm like, it's getting there, but yeah, I don't know how I feel about. It. Then I left it alone for like however long, and I find out that season two came came up, and then I started researching the history again. I was like, was this supposed to be Bruce Lee's one show that was supposed to be like supposed to be his own show? But then they turned it into kung fu, and I found out that whole history. I was like, yep, this was. Supposed to be kung fu, yeah. but it wasn't. Isn't and then, that insane? Yeah, it was insane. And then I started watching the first episode where I started really looking at it, going like, "Okay, so he's gonna try and find his sis- sister um, throughout the whole series." First episode, he finds his sister. I was like, "Oh, 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. I, I totally was wrong because usually most series would just have drag that out, would really yeah. drag that right. thread out. And but the thing was, it's like his sister doesn't want to go back. And yeah, the, the twist. Truth, it was a twist, and she's fine yeah. being this gangster, uh, the gang leader, Leo Longsy's wife. And then she was like, Yeah, I'm not going back. You should right. go back. And then yeah. seeing how, like, Assam actually just stays in San Francisco trying to figure out what the fuck am I going to do. And I, that's when I realized, holy shit, this is actually going in depth of all of Bruce Lee's philosophies. Like just every little thing is historical in the show. And that's what, what really sucked me in. And I wanted to keep going of like, how does a really go into it? And this story, is where the story got you. Yeah. Really in. And this is where it resonates for a lot of people because Bruce Lee was a philosophy mate, philosophy major. And I will also state that I am not a philosophy major. I am not a historian. <laughs> I right. like I could go on Wikipedia and Google and find all this stuff, but that's that's truth, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but the truth is, it was interesting to see like the whole philosophy and theme of this whole series, whether <laughs> I'm right or not. It is like trying to find one's purpose, and you see that through a psalm like in the first season and then in the second season, it gets really in depth with it. Right. And I just love how that show really resonates in that kind of depth and feel of just resonating for a lot of people, because you see a lot of things happen in the series that actually resonate now. And what I remember watching the first episode again <laughs> during that time. And I remember that, um, what was it? which I slightly have to get political, but I won't get too political. No, um, they, there was a scene where uh, Long Z and Mai Ling are talking about how things were getting bad in bed. And then like, not in bed with them, but just, and yeah. they were talking like pillow talk. And she said, and Long Z says, us Chinese need to stick together. And I was like thinking this show was made in 2017 and then finally aired in 2019. And what happened in 2019 was the Hong Kong protests. Right, 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 right. And I, and uh, I, just, remember, and I just remember watching that. I'm like, oh, boy. Yee. <laughs> 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 I was like, yee, yee. <laughs> okay. Yee. <laughs> but well, you, you, you've done a little bit of the breaking down the backstory of the first season. Mm -hmm. Can you do yes. a quick recap for Chad, who hasn't seen it yet? So first season, season one. Season one. So Assam comes from China to find his sister in the first episode. Once he, once he comes to San Francisco, he gets, he shows off his skills to, after beating up a bunch of guard, uh, immigration guards. And he's already inducted into the Hopway, the biggest notorious gang in San Francisco, Chinatown. After that, he finds out that there's a rival gang known as the Long Z, which he tries to figure out who, where his sister is, and he goes to a toy's brothel, who is the main madam of the whole Chinatown district. And somehow someone heard about like who who he's who Assam's looking for. And then the hop uh, the Long Z come in, take try and start shit, and then next thing you know, he Assam beats them down, and then they go throughout this whole like he finally finds out who his sister is and where she is being the Longzi wife of the whole gang. Right. And then 
after that, in between all that, you find out there's Mayor Blake, who's really pushing for the Chinese Exclusion Act, which is literally an actual piece of history that really relegated all Chinese not to come here from 1887 to, I think, closer to almost after the Second World War, if I'm correct. And that is like, and that is what everyone says was like, yeah, this is not what we're proud of in American history. And I was like, yeah, and I'm Canadian. And we had our own thing too that actually lasted until like almost after 1970s, I think, where there was like a Chinese Exclusion Act in Canada too. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. It, like Canadian and, and American like acts definitely like shared like certain things. And that was insane. So yeah. you follow us on going through all these, like working with the hopway, trying to get, get his sister to like understand that this is all the bad things. But then this myling, the sister actually like ends up becoming the leader of the long Z and then trying to, trying to, what's it called? Let's see. Trying to build an alliance with a, another rival gang to, to control the opium trade. Right. And, and then you have two police officers also, which is Bill O'Hara and Lee. And it's the typical veteran police officer and the young righteous one. Right. Solving cases where there's a swordsman involved who's actually a toy, spoiler alert, um, because a toy is actually fighting for the Chinese people. But of course, she knows that she can't be the one only one to do it all the time because you have the Irish actually beating up all these all these Chinese workers taking the jobs. And then the one leading all the Irishmen is Dylan O'Leary, who I still don't know if this is right or not, if he was actually based off of Dennis Kearney, who actually was a leader of the Working Man's Party of oh, California, okay. and who actually was like pushing slogans like the Chinese must go. And right. And you have also like that guy, that actor, he's pretty badass. Himself. Oh yeah, don't, uh, he was. What? Yeah, his um, I forgot his name, uh, but he, he uh, I'll go back to his name uh, later. I think it's Dean Jagger. I think so, but yeah. he was in uh, a, a vampire hunting movie called Corbin Nash. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was pretty badass in that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah, right, it's Corbin Nash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's. But it's interesting. It's very interesting. Like. Really great storytelling. There's mm-hmm. there's the political side of it. Yes. There's the, there's the let's see what's going on in the ghetto. Yeah. Side of it. And I didn't expect any of this. I didn't know a fight show. Yeah. Good and that's, guy fight bad guy next episode. And, and that's what we got with Warrior is like something more than that. Definitely yeah, something more than that because that's what I expected at times, and that's. Set, lack of a better term, that's what the most general audience would think. It's like, it's just a fight show. It's like, no, it's much more than that. Yeah, It yeah. really goes into so many themes of so many so many, like, gray areas and everything. Gray areas. That no one really wants to show, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because... Nobody's perfect in this show. Nope, you know, maybe Lee, but no, Lee has his faults later. Which we'll <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, Lee has his faults later. And... But let's let's jump into uh, season two. In my in my opinion, I really like season one. I told everybody yes. about it. Um, 
I like the fight scenes in season one. Yes. But I was not expecting season two's fight scenes to blow season one out of the oh, water. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It completely blows season one's fight scenes out of the water. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> in my opinion. In my opinion. No, I, I definitely agree, especially when it gets to season two. So season two starts off with how a recap where Assam actually lost a fight that costed uh, the Hopway to lose their some of their property. Yep. And, go. and then they actually, the Hopway told him, yeah, you can't come back. And after episode 10, he f- finally understands that, okay, I'm going to try and fight for the Chinese because he sees what Leary is doing. And he joins a toy in her purpose of like helping the Chinese people. So season two, it actually starts off with Assam still looking for that purpose. And he's like in these fight clubs trying to understand why is he doing it and everything else. And what happens next is he he and Young Jun actually go into business together, like a side business of stealing opium because of how Mai Ling has been taking o- over that the opium business and selling it for undercutting while her business partner, Singh of the the Feng Hai, yeah. they they're actually just trying to cut out everything to make it theirs. So there's like a lot of internal struggle between the hop, uh, the hopway, the Feng Hai, and the Longzi, and they're all like trying to kill each other. While there's a lot of almost like unrest with Blake and his assistant mayor Buckley that are really pushing for like this Chinese Exclusion Act, and that's like the sad part is that really gets very um, repetitive at the same time. But you find out that Buckley, spoiler alert, actually becomes the mayor. Because yeah, because because uh, yeah, go ahead and let's let, yeah. let's let everybody know what happens to this character and what, le- so, what led up to this. So Mayor Buckley has been always like he had this political stance of like yeah, I believe in this, but then when a senator comes in who wants to be president, he he wants Buckley to make Blake like change your stance right now so I could get votes. So he. But Blake actually changes his political stance of, okay, no more Chinese labor. We're doing that. This this is an American town and everything else. Right. Which kind of sounds very familiar in the past four, four years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, sorry to the U.S. Oh, people. Uh, but um, in that stance, like uh, Penny, his wife, has been like had an affair with Assam, and she kind of understood like how everything's been going in terms of the Chinese population. And then when she, when she helped out her father's steel mill, um, her father was inadvertently killed by Leary uh, during a raid in the season one finale. So she took up the mantle of running the whole business. And then what happened is she needed protection from Leary's men from attacking the Chinese coolies. So she hires Assam and the Hopway, and then Leary finds out about this. And there's also Penny's sister. So if I'm going everywhere, I apologize, everyone. Oh, no, that's but fine. Because that's this fine. is where it's all connecting. This is like <laughs> yeah. all these subplots from season one start connecting all together. Right. So what happens is Assam start, starts using Penny in a sense of like hiding all his opium stash from Father June into the steel mill business while she's using him to protect the business. And then right. when 
when Sophie, Penny's sister, has been falling for Leary, she starts understanding his purpose of like, yeah, I could see why all the Irish workers are losing all this work. So I support this. And in a sense of act of terrorism, she goes right. and tells Leary, like, Let, there's this entrance. Let's blow this up. So she actually inadvertently helps blow up her father, father's business. And then that gets ousted by, <laughs> by right. uh, Penny. Now, I, I, this, this second season, yeah. is, I'm, I'm giving it five stars, right? Oh, yeah, I but, agree. But any negatives or things that you think, well, they could have did that a little differently, differently, you know, throw that in there too while you're talking yeah. about it. But mm-hmm. I, this character, the character of Sophie, she has a purpose. She, this character right here is what we're talking yeah. about right now. Okay. She yes. has a purpose for the show. There mm-hmm. is a purpose to her character. Yes. I couldn't fucking stand this character. I hated, <laughs> this character. I hated this character. And you know what? You know, even even this character, I understand her motivations and why she's trying to be independent and yes. and you know, because she's got a horrible husband here. Like oh, I yeah. mean it's terrible. So I understand her part of it, but sometimes her character kind of annoys me too a little bit. But yes. I, I understand her motivation and her her struggle. I get it, right? Mm-hmm. But I I was actually on her side mm-hmm. when she jumped up in Sophie's face. Oh yeah. And was like, you do nothing. Exactly. You contribute nothing. Definitely. What do you do? <laughs> because <laughs> it was, was yes. Oh I know that it moment so, right there. That this character do that has a purpose. Yes, it, it, and, and, and it's with Larry, correct? Not Larry, Larry, Larry. Yeah, Larry, the love interest of Larry. I get it, right? And he yes. lost his family. He's going through some shit. So there is a purpose to this character. Yeah. But I was just like this, you know, characters that are just completely oblivious to real life. Yeah. And what is happening around them. And then trying to get all righteous and mighty and telling yeah. other people what to do. I was just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, seriously, shut up. When she got up in her face and said, you do nothing, I was like, yes. Yeah. And then yeah. her dumb ass, then her dumb ass was like, well, I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show you. I don't, I do stuff. I and, do and, stuff. I'm going to go blow up your factory. How do you like exactly. that? Exactly. And that's where, like, when it all leads up to, like, um, to the point where Blake finds out that Penny so, uh, sold off her business to actually to another local businessman to use all her label, labor to help him out. That it culminates into the mayor actually almost killing Penny, and then he gets killed by the servant Jacob. Which right. episode nine is the most season two episode nine is the most heaviest episode that you'll ever watch. And why I say that is whenever someone says, "What's Warrior like?" and I was like, "If you want to watch Warrior, you really have to really watch it because episode nine of season two is the most realistic episode." That you'll ever see. And this season was filmed in 2019. And I mentioned this in my review on Film Combat Syndicate where that episode, season two, episode nine, premiered on Bruce Lee's birthday. Oh. But, which is why it's was called that, Enter the that, Dragon. Was, was it? Yeah, Enter the Dragon. Okay. That's yeah. The name of the episode. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. It's called Enter the Dragon. Yeah. That's awesome. But. Dude. 
Dude, I'm, I'm going to yeah. let chat know right now. We're going to get into a little bit more of the plot synopsis. I'm going to mm-hmm. let you chat know right now. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for watching, you guys. Thanks for the likes in the video and hanging out with me and Kyle. Uh, that's Kyle. Hi. Sorry. Hi. Sorry. Hi. <laughs> no, no problem. Sorry. Um, um, I'm going to tell you this right now, chat. This show, episode, I mean, I was, the, the whole show is, a, is phenomenal. Storytelling, acting. Fuck the Sophie character. It's all right. Yeah, I love the show. I can look over it. Uh, but but the, the fight scenes are even better, more brutal, violent yes. action, more exciting. And you actually, yeah. what makes the the fight scenes are actually bonuses to yes. the show because you actually care what's happening to the characters. You actually Definitely. care what's going on. So when you get a fight scene, it's even more exciting. And you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Yeah. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I wanted to lead up to it, but fuck it. We're going to talk about it right now. When it got to Into the Dragon episode, th- yes. I, was, I was loving the show. The show was five mm-hmm. stars all the way through. Yes. When we got to the Into the Dragon episode, I was like this in terms of I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. This is fucking awesome. This is a, It's about to go down. Holy shit. I never felt this excited about oh, yeah. the show. Since when Game of Thrones was actually good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I when, Game of, when Game of Thrones was at its best and you get a really awesome action sequence and it was good yeah. before the show went to garbage. I haven't felt that much that way since yeah. that Game of Thrones, right? But now it's like you had to take a breath. Yeah. You had to take a breath after you were done. You're like, because it kept going. Yes. It kept going and people were getting slaughtered and then the gangs, the the the, the fucking hardcore gangs yes. combined. The gangs combined and said, fuck this. We're fucking working we're gonna, together we're gonna, and being the truce fuck out of all these guys. Yeah, we're it's gonna be a truce now. We're gonna have yeah. a truce and we're gonna yeah. fuck all these guys up. Fuck this. Because yes. they're literally getting invaded by the Irish. Yeah. It was fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh my and, god. And all I could say is when Young Jun said, "I'm still, said, I'm still, I'm still pumped." Yeah. <laughs> every time, every time I mention this scene that yeah. it, it, you see all this carnage happening, I always like remember like watching it, and it just pans down to seeing, seeing a uh, Young Jun, Hong, and Assam, and Young Jun's like, "What the fuck is this?" And he tells Hong, "Go get the others," and yeah. then get the knives, As- and Assam's just like. Wondering what the hell's going on and everything yeah. else, but he says, "What would you? What do you think?" And Young June just says, "We spent every day living in their world, but today they're gonna die." I was, I felt goosebumps. Like, oh yes. And True. then Hong came in with everyone else, and then Leon came in with the long Z, yeah. and they just nodded and was like, "Yeah, yeah that was it. This. No, no big long sappy speech. Not. Yeah. We gonna team up. Yeah, and we gonna fuck these dude. Dude, I was." I'm still like really excited right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just talking about saying it. everything yeah. about that episode and everything before that episode leading up to it. I like I said, it's a heavy episode because of how inadvertently political and realistic it gets. Right. Because like um I remember writing this review and I really had to take a few moments to like just and rewatching it, watching it for the very first time, I felt it like hit me hard because it was like, okay, I'm not crying now, but when I was rewatching it again, I felt it right when the Irishman came in and started destroying every 
Chinese everyone. business. Everyone. everyone. Kids, kids, women, old yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. It, we're it, killing it, them. We're not robbing them and taking their yeah. shit. No, they're getting slaughtered. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the truth is, I remember one review stated that this was actually, actually um, referencing a real life two-day event back in 18... Or 1987, no, 1887 in San Francisco, where Irishmen actually did raid Chinatown and destroyed at least $100,000 worth of property. 20 or so businesses were destroyed and four people were injured or four people were dead. And this lasted for two days straight. And this was a real event that happened. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, they actually portrayed everything that was happening like what you see in history books if you could find the right history books that's real shit that's happening and that there's no there's no sugarcoating no this this is a show that actually shows the realism of everything and here's why i also connected in a sense too because what happened was this that episode came out june july august may june july august September, October, six months after a certain other event happened. And I say that, and this is not disregarding what has happened to other people of the black community that have died inadvertently, or not inadvertently, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, But that harkened back to that, because you're watching Jacob be hung like this, and no one could do a fucking thing. We We are literally watching it like how we watched that one video that happened back in yeah. May. Yeah. And and that's where it really hit heavy hard. Stuff. Yeah. It's heavy so stuff. heavy. So it's not just the Bruce Lee show. No, 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 no. It's this a is, lot more than that. It's a realistic <laughs> show that really shows yeah. what's really going on in the world. And yeah. I want to give a shout out to Lee uh hey, Lee. Lee B. Golden real quick. Yep. Film Combat Syndicate chat. Make sure you follow Film Combat Syndicate yes. on Facebook. And YouTube, if you want your movie news early, you know you want to be in the know, in the now. Yes, uh, you follow Lee. He's he's an awesome guy. Lee. He's the one that introduced uh, me and Kyle together. So yes, so now we're best friends. So now we don't need Lee anymore. That's it. <laughs> so, so Lee, you've been deleted. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just know that. Much. Okay, okay. I'm already doing this. It's too funny. No, because I remember one friend just telling me, like, yeah, you should see Matt Hardy now. I was like, oh, my God. What is this? <laughs> delete. Yeah. Uh, but we will not delete Warrior Season 2 because no. it, it's fucking nuts. It's really... And even after even after Episode 9, Into the Dragon, yeah, I didn't. I thought, okay, that's the obviously that's the finale. No, no, no. We no. still had more fighting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, 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 the fact that... Know, the fact, the aftermath of all that fucking yeah. Mai Ling calls out her brother, calls out Asan right in front of Young June. Oh and I was God. like, and I was like, when was this going to happen? And she did it right there. I'm like, oh, fuck. What is going to yeah. happen between the top way now? And yeah. he, it really I, like shook do you them. Think now, now that he's the leader now, mm-hmm. reluctantly the leader, uh, yes. now that he's the leader now, and the show ended with his father you know, kind of in semi walking yeah. yeah. Do you think he's going to turn on um, Asan? 
if season three were to happen, it would be interesting to see if Assam and Yungjun fight, but at the same time, would they turn on each other? It's really up in the air because of like, especially like how it ends with Yungjun looking up at that mural of Assam. He knows that like he, yeah. even though he could have done, and he bladed out all the outcomes. Like you could have, you could have joined my link when we kicked yeah. you out, but you didn't. You could have done this, but you didn't. You saved every aspect, but. Our trust means shit because of this. And then yeah. that runs deep because trust is literally a hard thing, especially with that. And when yeah. when him and Hong discuss it, they, they're like at a quandary about it. So there's like definitely a fucking bridge right there that's broken between them yeah. where you don't know what it could do because it's like we're going to it's almost like we're going to keep keep working together, but you better stay your fucking distance right now. Yeah. You better stay in your fucking lane. And but it's, it's it's realistic for him to feel that way. To yeah. kind of trade and lie to a little bit. It's not like he's the dick in this situation. No. Uh, because but with Wong Point, my, my new favorite character of the show. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy, this guy, I was like, well, he's so awkward at first. I, know. I was like, what is this guy, this character, right? Yeah, but then like he started fighting and throwing down, and he was so fast. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And, there's, and, there's a lot more to this character. And, and especially when they take the time to actually, like, when they started episode eight, I believe, that they're all sitting around after they killed all of what's it called? All of the Feng Hai, and she just and he's like telling the story of the violin man, and they're like, "So that's why you use a rope? It's not a rope; it's a chain." And they just on him, but you can are you tell. rope man? Are you rope yeah. man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you rope man? It's like fuck you guys. But you can see like he was really trying to make his own trademark, but also yeah. like his like humor and awkwardness really brings a lot of brevity and lightness to both Assam and. Young June, because you have both of them being so serious all the time. Yeah. But this, all but the having time. Hong, having yeah. Hong really brings like this nice, like, yeah, you guys, uh, what are you guys doing up to now? And they're just like, yeah. How do we react to this? And it's like, yeah, yeah it, it, it's realistic, like, kind of friendship where you're just like, we have that one crazy friend. He's literally yeah. the crazy friend. Yeah. And but, it's interesting because he's in the middle between Hassan mm. and uh, what you call Young June. Young June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like even telling Yunjin, like he could have went this way, he yeah. could have chose to do this, but he still he 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 still stayed by your side, so yeah. he didn't really have a choice. Exactly. But you know, it's it's very interesting. I thought maybe the father was gonna stay and hang out and be the evil the evil emperor, you know, like, from turn the Jedi, right, what right, what ready to like, listen to me, and then he yeah. turns on Asan. Yeah, but no, the, the, the father left. Yeah, uh, I was. Lee, Lee says uh, My Ling really showed us her true nature in season I two. I agree. Like Look at that for My Ling to actually start off like plot, like starting to plan certain things even before Long Z like yeah. um, passed away. Like, and you see it between her and Leong, the the main bodyguard Joe Taslam. They start talking about um, like because they were having an affair themselves, and yeah. then. She's trying to tell Leong, like, this is for, uh, and we should play that one clip, the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. <laughs> because she she's literally planning not just for Longzi or anything else. She's planning for not just her future, but just in Chinatown, how to survive, but without, like, okay, we're going to be protected, and this is how we have to work it. 
And if all this shit is gonna be like uh, voided, I want to make sure we're protected. And right. for her, and that's why she made that pure move on Young Jun. Like, hey, I want since the Feng Hai, we're not trustworthy. I want. I want to plan this. Young was like, fuck off. And she was like, well, <laughs> here's how we're going to do business this way. Like, you know, this. And he's like, fuck off again. And then I was like, I just don't want to be at war with my brother. And they're like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. He's like, what the fuck is she talking about? Yeah. yeah. That was, that was great. Then, it was, it's, you know, it's great it, strategy. Yeah. But, I, and I did not expect that in the season finale. I was like, oh, shit. How's this going to turn out? Yeah. Yeah. Because, Luckily, though, Joe Taslam already knew. He was kind of already on her side. Yeah, um, and just him for the shock of, like, you're doing this now? Oh, crap. I Okay, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. I like that and, fight Joe Taslam had with... Uh, some back, no, back in... Oh. The one that got arrested? They framed Oh, yeah, him. with Zing. Yeah, with Zing. Because, like, you know that that, that sort of, like... That was so brutal, especially, like, how... Uh, how... Uh, Zing uses Fonza style and how Joe Taslam uses like a much more lighter style of Wushu and they're just battling each other trying to just get at each other's throats because yeah. you have Zing who's literally has no filter especially when he tells like I'm gonna fuck my link so good that you <laughs> I was just like dude fucking end him end him yeah, I don't know yeah. how you're gonna end him yeah but Oh, uh, we you got some fans them. here. There yes. we go. This show is the most underrated, unappreciated show Agreed. on the TV show. Yes. Preach it, preach it to the choir. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Preaching that this is some church up in here. Church yeah. of badassity. You gotta you gotta say the line. This this line from Joe Taslam's character. Yeah. Gave me an action boner. Sorry. This yeah. line was so... You know what line I'm talking about. Yes. Be grateful for your pain. It means you're still alive. That that one, but the right before oh. they fought. The one right before they fought. I think it was... I'm trying to remember. It, it, was, something, it was something like he told him... Uh, um, oh, man. I forgot the most <laughs> badass line ever. Lee, help us out. <laughs> It was something like Joe Taslam responded like, "I didn't, you know, I didn't, ha- I didn't question it. Like I didn't question. It. Like it was like no, no, yeah. see who's better or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it was like there, there was no question to it. Yeah, <laughs> was like, and, just, was, and they just started beating the shit out of each other. And uh, oh I, yeah, I was just like, dude, this is awesome. He was just like, I, just, I, I never thought that this was this was a question." I'm gonna yeah. win. I'm gonna win, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, my just, god! I was just like, oh my god! Yeah, that was my reaction at home. So, and uh, all I can say is like Joe Taslam's character as Leong really, like, he's not given much like in terms of backstory, but you could tell like he has been there for so long, yeah. and he knows what his duty is, and especially when it comes to the Long Z, he really sticks by it, and it really comes back to episode nine and season one where. Atoya says, like, here's the reason why Leong won. Because he has fucking purpose. You don't. And I was like, that hurts a song. That really hurts a song. Yeah, it's the truth, though. But it's it is the truth. truth. It's and, the truth. And that's but where... So much the- stuff happened. It's 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 hard to talk. We would need, like, four or five hours to go oh, through. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even, even with this character, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this character. Oh, Hara, dude, the, like- att- the attack 
at his house fight scene was yes. nuts. Like for him and Lee, like Lee left and then fucking fucking the Fung Hai just come in to like threat literally bank on what they said they were gonna do to yeah, kill his family. Yeah, because he walked away. He's like, Look, I'm yeah. done doing your dirty work. I wanna go back to being a good cop. Fuck off. Yeah. I already exactly. did what you need me to do. I'm leaving. And they're like, you can't just walk out on us, man. Yeah. And then and they show up at his house, man. That was intense. It was intense. Like, you have Lucy and the kid, like, his son, like, literally fighting for their lives, too. And then Lee coming in. And then they finally all, like, realize, okay, this this just happened because of O'Hara. And, like, even for O'Hara to, like, really, like, take it all in that he he actually caused all this, especially yeah. the inadvertent attack to Lee by Zing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that trust that they had together yeah. really goes out the window. Yeah, it and, goes out. And especially, like, right after they find, um, they, when they raid the Fung Hai, like, and this is, like, a plan that they all culminated together with Wang Chao, who, Wang Chao, if no one knows, Wang Chao is, like, the liaison to the Chinese community and the white community that like makes sure that everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. He's been getting flack from the Fung Hai and Zing to like make the weapons. So Li Yong proposes a a plan with Wang Chao, like, okay, you know how they're finding the swordsman, which was actually a toy. They said, let's let's take the sword from a toy and then plan it on Zing. You tell the cops this is what's going to happen. So this this sword, yeah, yeah, that specific sword that Lai and Atoy has has used on countless like retribution and like messages to send to like people that fuck with Chinese. This is what's going to happen to you, right? And the fact that they planned all that together and even doing for Ahara to actually like say, yeah, we got our guy. He he knows how to use a sword. This go. This is what who he is, and also we're pinning this murder on him, which is on like a real estate agent that yeah. Atoy has has killed and right. used a piece like a gold pocket watch to actually like frame Zing with that too. So so that way everyone everyone could be like, but Kyle, <laughs> but, but Kyle, why did you let him do that? Why did you yeah. let him do that, Kyle? Well, because that trust. It made sense, like for them, cop wise. So, like, yep, that here we go. Get get the Chinese off our back. Or the Chinese are no longer suspects. We do, we have we have our suspect, who's the swordsman. No, no problems. What, but why? Why? <laughs> well, because definitely, like, you don't have O'Hara. to answer, Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not because <laughs> Sophie, go over there. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I but uh, to throw that up there just to annoy chat because that's kind of how the character feels to me when I watch her every time. Oh yeah, like, yeah. shut up! You do nothing, Sophie. <laughs> shut up. Oh, uh, anyway, but uh, what? Yeah. Uh, see, uh, can you see? Can you see Lee's yeah. comment? If season three were to happen, <laughs> Young Jun would have to do some serious thinking to do. It's only near the end of season two that he shows a bit of wisdom, but he still has much more to learn about the world, which is true and. Like, especially not knowing everything like his father learned. This is like his own way of like learning how to deal with his own business now that he he runs a hop way. So for him to actually like understand like, okay, this is how I have to approach this business. This is how I have to approach 
new members, this is how I have to approach dealing with my Ling, how I have to deal with the cops, how I have to deal with everything else. Right. <laughs> oh, don't leave. <laughs> Nate Dogs is like saying, fine, I'll just leave. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much that happens. But yeah. I mean, now that now that this asshole's dead. Yeah. This motherfucker. Yeah. Buffy. This dude, man. Yeah, that he's gonna be a problem. He's already yeah. a problem. Like hit him was literally like the not just a ringleader. He was literally pulling the strings. I'm like, yeah, you should do this. You should do this because under Setter Crestwood yeah. is literally filtering it through him. Now he has the power. So when Blake died, he was like, okay, I need this. I need to know where the fuck this guy is. Tell me where where the fuck this guy is. Because what happened was, like, when Jacob, the the one servant for Penny and Mayor Blake, like, killed Mayor Blake, he made it, like, clear that I want this guy. I want this guy now. Because he could definitely talk, say the actual truth that Mayor Blake tried to kill him. Right, but right. It, he's using that, though, as, like, the fear that all all the voters would like say like, yeah, yeah. this Chinese person killed the mayor. Right. We're going to do this justice. And this is going to push the Chinese exclusion act to farther. And I was just like, dude, yep. you are a piece of shit. Dude, then again, every, every... And we get a little bit more backstory with him in the mm -hmm. war. And he has, yes. a, he has a thing for redheads. Yeah. Which and was... there's some darkness here. Like, Oh this, yeah. He, he, you know, the first season you could tell he had objectives, but now mm -hmm. that he's in control, he is dude. This he is, dude. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be problems. It's gonna be some problems. And, and the fact that he couldn't even get intimidated by Larry. No, that was that was crazy. And the fact that he invertly like motivates Larry to like, you know, you're doing this. Why don't you actually be a politician with me? And the fact that Larry was like contemplating it with with uh, Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah. And says, "Can you imagine me being a politician with you, with, with these guys?" And she, she's like, "Yeah, I could." And then next thing you know, he fucking joins them yeah. as part of the Working Man's Party of California to say, "Yeah, you know what? This is exactly what I need to be part of. This is how the Chinese must go." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. When yeah, he showed up there because and I thought that was the end of him. Because yeah, after he fucking. Got his ass beat by that a, was a great fight. Oh yeah, it was yeah. like it was like martial arts versus street fight. Yeah, like it was yeah. like bare knuckle brawling versus oh, style yeah. and technique. It was it was exactly. a and it was it was a great fight because you know it was they, a great they, they fight. Teased, they teased his fight with uh what's his name uh with, um like literally from the beginning of or the season finale of season one. Yes, and, yeah. and the fact that like. In episode four, when like you have this moment between Leary, that scene, that scene right there was like where Leary's just waiting outside and saying to us, I'm like, you know, you talk American and yet you guys don't belong here. Like, if you keep taking our jobs, and Assam just like immediately reacts, like, who said I want your fucking job? Maybe <laughs> it's your people that maybe it's your problem. Yeah. And then once they all got close, I was like, that's a nice Western yeah. standoff. He's like, he's like, he's like, what country are you from? Yeah. <laughs> exactly and then they get to that point where like and this that one line like really resonated to me where like Leary says what's your name and he go, and the song just goes a song 
and literally just says, you and me, we have some fish oh, business cool. and, and, the, and the show delivered. Yes. The line that Assam delivers right to him after that point, I was like, I'm going to use that no matter what, because you know what? As much as this show has been like very motivational on everything else, like yeah. that line itself, because I know I deal with systematic racism in my own city as is. Yeah, yeah. When he said this, so it's like, when you're ready, come find me. I'll be the chink in the fancy fucking suit. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're going to fucking get your teeth kicked in. I don't care, Leary. You're going to get your fucking teeth. As much even, as Leary is character, you're going to get your fucking teeth kicked in. Even, even Leary was just like, oh, shit, that was a great line. All right, fine. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm going to walk this way now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that fight alone, like when he comes great. into the Banshee bar, he's just like, all right, let's find the first one. And then you see all these bodies just laying there. I'm just like, yep, you really going to try and fight them? And then they just have that one moment that they're just staying across the table. Each other. Yeah. And I don't know why. I love those type of scenes where the main villain and the main hero just like sit across from each other and just have this moment of like trying to understand each other before yeah. they beat the fuck out of each other. It yeah. always resonates well because you like see them on some sort of even ground. And then it's like, so we doing this? Yeah. So they go outside and you just, like you said, it's style versus street brawling, which is literally yeah. what like Bruce Lee's style has always been like, like Jeet Kune Do and everything else. Like how's yeah. it going to be adapt to street <laughs> fighting? And, and he adapted in that end fight. Yeah, exactly. He was getting oh, yeah. down at some point. And, and uh, Larry thought it was, it was over, but then now he had to adapt and overcome. Exactly. And yeah, he definitely fights like a truck. Yeah, fucking truck. Like Larry is like fucking, fucking a massive street brawler boxer that you could tell. Like there is a lot of definite like hard hits because of what how he organizes his street brawls. But for Assam to finally go in there and like yeah. beat the shit out of Larry to send a message to all of them to finally say like if anyone comes into Chinatown and fucks with us again, I'm coming back with an army. And it was at that moment that, like, when he's walking back. Yeah. And that's the last time you see him throughout the episode. Assam is just, like, looking at his hands and everything else. Yeah. He's just really, like, trying to figure out what the fuck have I done and why am I doing this now? Even right. though, yes, I'm a symbol to my people. But right. Fuck. I mean, what? they made a fucking painting. And <laughs> yeah. Building it shit. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and really good, is, man. Just really yeah. first class. You know what would have made that end fight scene better mm. uh, between him and Leary is if Sophie ran in and was like, "What are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you doing?" I, I, I'm kind of glad what? Sophie did not have like one more, like any more than that one scene because, like, she definitely served her purpose because it was like when I mentioned this in my season nine review, like both Penny and Sophie had that moment of like. People understanding, like, yeah. Remember, Jacob, you, you just tell them the truth. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fine. They'll let you off. It's like, look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Are you fucking serious? The law's not gonna be fair to me. No one's gonna yeah. be fair to me. Even Leary, Leary yeah. knew that. Assam knew that. And yet, both of them yeah. finally, when Sophie finally comes back to seeing, seeing so uh, Penny on the ground, and they're just saying, sitting there, and she's like, yeah, she. Uh, Jacob's dead, and so Penny's like, and Sophie just says, like, I hate how the world isn't, and Penny's just, like, saying, this is the world, and I was like, 
wow, they finally understand exactly how people of color get actually treated in mm -hmm. this standpoint. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not all fair. And that no. really resonates with what, how everything is happening. Oh, again, the show not sugarcoating anything. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It, what do you think? What do you think? The 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 end finale fight in uh, season nine? I mean, uh, episode nine? Oh, God. When it got, like, really, when it got really intense? It, I remember when all is, the gangs formed. Oh, yeah. It formed. was a... I think what after the gangs formed, what when it made that scene better is if right next to Joe Tazalum, you know, Sophie shows up. Hey, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Why are you fighting? <laughs> <laughs> and that showing voice, I just like right. I was just like. <laughs> and, then, and then all show them go fight and then have the camera on her the whole fight. So you just hear what's happening, that's it. You just see her reaction. Honestly, it would be exactly like how way of the the way of the dragon, where you have Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee fighting, and then cut to the cat. That basically <laughs> <laughs> if the show's doing collages and everything else, that's that, that Sophie being the cat, like, and they're just like, "Yeah, okay." There's a lull in the fight. Go to the cat. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> oh, I'm just having. I'm having fun. This is what you get when you come to Fat Sam. <laughs> no, I'm good. Show, like, I'm actually having too much fucking fun. With you get the you get the goofiness. <laughs> so let's go back to. I mean, we've, we've been talking about the heavy stuff. Let's talk about mm -hmm. some of the fun stuff too. Like right. again, love this character. Oh yeah. Um, but tons of Bruce isms in this. Just oh like yeah. The first season. Yes. Um, uh, I believe when he fought uh, Michael Bisbing. <laughs> oh God, yeah, the whole like I gonna, style. I thought that was gonna be a, a long fight, and it was. Like, yeah, and then he just like and straight up kicks him down. And like, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it was cool though. It was cool, it's really Bisping, good and perfectly casted for that role. Definitely, like, like but we like, get a little bit of Bruceisms in that tournament fight oh, yeah. because he's got the black pants and then he gets cut he gets cut up Oh yes. like definitely like in Enter the Dragon from the Han style. And mm -hmm. I remembered like watching that too, yeah. like saying, ah, yeah, yeah. It's a subtle, yeah. nice homage. Like there's a lot of Bruce Lee like references in the show mm -hmm. that really work well. And I don't and I even stated this, like I don't know exactly if the whole affair with Penny was supposed to be a thing because you have a Chinese character and a white character being together. And could that be a reference to how Bruce and Linda actually were married together? Because like, ah, maybe I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. It, maybe. it was like a small thing. And I was just like, could it be? Because yeah. it might be, but you don't know at the time. And yeah. then, but you got a uh, Andrew Koji doing this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely like yeah. that. And then of That's course, you know, one of the most badass where I was just like, you know, this fight scene's already like insane, amazing. Mm -hmm. Back when Game of Thrones good was good action, amazing. And yet we got a little we got a little bonus at the end. This motherfucker pulls out. Oh the yeah, the nunchuck scene. And this goes this Rex shop. Oh yeah. Rex shop. I was like, like Andrew been training. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was like what I was just like, dude, could the scene not even be more badass? Like, just that scene alone, like, when he first gets it from, like, the one Irish dude then the, during the whole fucking riot, and he just grabs it from the dude and just yeah. fucking whacks him with it, <laughs> and then says, after he beats up, beats down all the other guys, looks at the shop owner, 
can I borrow these? And then you get the whole hero shot of him jump oh. kicking some dude and then goes into his whole nunchaku like flare style. And I'm just yeah. like, oh yeah, this shit is about to go down. And you could just see him beat down every single one of the Irish guys coming in and all Destroy. the Chinese, just the Chinese community looking on and realizing this is the guy. This is our yeah. guy that's going to fight for us. And just how he like actually like you know how Bruce Lee always has his roar cries like yeah. when he's fighting and going Whoa! and yeah. the I don't want to say Andrew Koji like uh, put that in but the way he did it on his own way that's almost like putting all the rage of what was going on like when he's like when the first guy he just like hits him and he's like and I was like oh, yeah. yeah I felt that and then right at the end when he does the flare again and he just pulls out, he's like, and he's like <laughs> yeah he is fucking pissed off at all these assholes yeah. and we were at, and we were at home watching it going yeah <laughs> because it was like yes that is everyone's reaction to like yeah you made that all happen this yeah. is what's gonna happen when you yeah. literally like beat down a whole community and someone's gonna rise up and fight back yeah it's like inspired yeah. them and then like you said they they made it they painted an image of him with a number yeah. on the wall again referencing what way the dragon or return yes. of the dragon. but it's, the show scratches the fucking action itch yeah i know and it and, and and up to this point i was like it's so beautifully choreographed film. yes everything oh my god Plus, again, a bonus because we actually care what's happening. Oh, yes. You know, with the characters and the story. Definitely. Right when it got to this scene, I was just like, why the fuck is nobody talking about this show? I know. This it... does not make any sense. And that's why I really wanted to do this live stream with you. No, I, I was agree. Just like, I got, we got to spread the word. We got to let them know. Definitely. Like, we got to let them know. This is one show that really will make you think, especially with season three in limbo, because the transition from Cinemax canceling yeah. all original programming and then finally making it to HBO Max. Then like, they have to fight. They had to fight to get a second season, right? Yeah. Actually, no. From what I've heard, like the second season was actually like greenlit right after the first season was like showing. Oh, okay. So, and the fact that. Didn't know where it was going to be shown on HBO or Cinemax. Is that what? Yeah. Okay. After that. Yeah, because okay. like right after season two was like totally and like about to premiere, they said, "Yep, it's going to go right to HBO Max. We'll see how it does here." And I'm just like, oh, "God, don't do that!" Like, and the fact that friends were asking me, like, "Have they written anything?" I was like, "No." Once Cinemax like gave like saying, "Like, yep, we're canceling all." And this like came right after season two was done filming. Like, yeah, all Cinemax original programming is done. So, um, okay, we'll see what that happens. Makes- and I was like, God damn it! Like, you, I hate when they when shows if certain movies end at number two. The only one that was slightly acceptable that ended at number two, but shows stay at num- number two, was Terminator Two. But but season two Speaking does of- not. Did you and, hear a rumor about a, a Terminator anime series? Yes. I I will say this. I'm fine with Terminator Dark Fate. I'm fine with Genesis. Uh-huh. But we did not need all these Terminators. I kept thinking in my head when I was growing up watching Terminator 2. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This is a perfect film. A perfect yeah. action sci-fi film. It doesn't perfect need ending. anymore. Exactly. 
Like yeah. we don't, and it's exactly what she says. We don't know what the future holds. And I was like, there we go. Hence yeah. why, like, season two finale of fucking Warrior Two. I there's Lee actually said this in his like um, review of the series, like, or we were talking about like it ends with so much loose loose ends. Like we don't yeah, know what will happen. We don't know what will happen with um with what's it called? We don't know what will happen with fucking. Zing popping out. We don't know how's Penny. So Penny actually gets framed by Buckley in the end. That's right. That's yeah. right. And she was. Oh yeah, she didn't like. She didn't like the asylum. Yeah, she got committed to a, a what's it called a mental asylum. And I was just like wondering. And here's the thing: I kept thinking because the subplot, the romantic subplot in yeah. between Asam and Penny, I seriously thought they were going to see each other one last time. But you never see them together ever again after the episode where all their shipment, the building blows up. You never see them together ever again. And I was like, oh shit, because she's literally trying to survive now with right. fucking Blake and Buckley now. And then once she finally gets framed, it's like, oh shit, how's she going to get out of this? And then you have my Ling taking control of Buckley with this one photo yeah. of him being the, the uh, former Confederate soldier. And now she's like, yeah. okay, you say I get to do this. Well, I got this and I also got a few other photos. So you better do what the <laughs> fuck I say. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And especially having him target only the halfway business. And I was like, okay, that is a good plan, but we I wish to see what will happen. Yeah, what will happen? There's a on lot that of loose ends. A lot of loose ends. So we, and, you know, but, but 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 here's the thing, though. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a good show. Mm-hmm. We're starving. We're we're yes. hungry for the next season. You know what I mean? So this is what this is what Lee says about uh, this is what happened. So season two mm-hmm. aired on television months prior yeah. to its debut. It was canceled with Warner Media. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank okay, you. And Lee's and um Lee, you should have been on the damn show. You should have been on the show. You're awake. I was trying to get him on here to do it with us, but he's like, you know, it's cold. Lee's excuse was it was cold. It's cold. And it's like, man, you're up now with us. You could have been on the show. It's all good. Like, like definitely Lee and I, we when I was in quarantine when I just got back from, yeah. from uh LA, we were really sitting down and discussing each episode and we just like said holy fuck what do you think about this what do you think about this because i saw him talking about it on his uh updates and it got to the point where, like he asked me like how do you feel about writing the reviews for this i was like dude i don't want to research all this and then next day i started researching everything you know, you know what i'm not doing much Let, let's yeah. see this and it started to make me appreciate how the creators like Shan- shannon lee Jeff- jonathan hopper tropper really looked into everything and Justin Lin like overseeing everything to make the yeah. show as authentic as it could be and really resonates with what's happening now in this time and like they always said Bruce Lee was ahead of his time and he to was. have a show like this and trusting Jonathan Tropper to like to actually oversee the writing of making sure that it was tight like yeah. really tight written and just leading every subplot to go into something bigger and we all knew this was going to go into something bigger at the end of season two and yet like we said um excuse me um 
Leary stepping up to be a politician with with fucking Buckley. That is going to be an interesting thing if season three were to happen. Like him actually being a politician pushing for the Exclusion Act. And that, like seeing season three, like you have the Hopway being cracked down on by the police and the politicians yeah. and trying to survive while the Long Z are literally trying to fucking take over everything, but in a more legit business way. And the fact that how how Zing will exact his revenge, even though that's going to be a small subplot, I would believe. But you have all that. And here's Assam stuck in the middle trying to figure out, do I want to save my sister? Do I want to save the Hopway? And for the better luck of term, he finds out what happens to Penny and finds out, like, do I want to save her? And yeah. yet, but at the same time, at the heart of it, like, do I, how am I going to fucking save Chinatown? Right. Because all this shit is happening now, especially yeah. like with the Exclusion Act and whoever they get with, like, because, like, I don't want to say that sort of, like, final fight between him and Leary sent a message. It is going to cause, like, some other ruckus to the point of, like, oh, yep, yeah. Yeah. Now they have an anti Chinese squad, like, yep, you have to do this, you have to do this. And unless they throw in something which was also real, a fucking. The bubonic plague actually, uh, the bubonic plague actually attacked the San Francisco Chinatown for at least four years, and no one could actually leave um, Chinatown at oh, all. Yeah. They couldn't even go go to work. And it, it's interesting that that happened like a few years after eighteen eighty seven. It happened in nineteen oh four to nineteen nineteen oh one to nineteen oh four, and. And that sort of lockdown thing actually happened in episode eight when they were trying to find Jacob. Okay. So, oh, so I, okay. So there was like, yeah, a lot of interesting things coming up, man. For, you yeah. know, hopefully for season three. And don't yeah. forget about him. This guy. Oh, yeah. Young he, told, he told us, son, are you willing to kill your own sister? Like, are exactly. you willing to see because, your sister die, man? Because that might happen. Because Young June, like, especially for Young June trying to have the hopway still survive under his own leadership too right. like that will be something to see while no. yeah okay go ahead no, no no be honest about this character mm -hmm. when this character because it's been a long time since i revisited season one yeah a long time i just kind of mm -hmm. jumped into season two yeah but i don't even remember this character but but what, what do you think of her what's your thoughts on this character nelly so nelly davenport originally when i wrote when i was writing this the whole what's it called the review, and I had to introduce Nellie Davenport. I was like, okay, some people might say she is like the white savior because she's saving Chinese Chinese uh, women that are in brothels. And right. her backstory was literally like, like her husband le like went off in the night and went to actually rape women, uh, Chinese women in brothels. And I, when he died of a heart attack, she wanted to save the Chinese women, and that her and Atoy really work for the same goal of saving any Chinese um, in peril. But she, they save the Chinese women and try and give them a good life. Whereas, like Atoy, tries to do it, but sometimes have to put them in the brothel to make it work. Whereas Nellie, she has all this and everything else, and she actually, she actually wants to learn about the Chinese culture so that way she could actually. She actually, what's it called? Not just be an ally, but actually help them embrace who they've 
who they are. Yeah, because... she can speak the language. Exactly. You know, so I, was, I don't know. I just okay. I just want to. I, I wanted to know your thoughts on the character. I didn't like, have. An, it, I didn't have an issue. No, with no, no, no. It's not I, even it, an it issue. Was just kind of like, who is this? <laughs> like, was yeah, she, because she she like, rarely did not. Episode? Yeah, because she did not show up until season two, and I was just like, okay. And it's the way I say it is like we were talking about happy endings are bullshit. She kind of does give Atoy that happy ending that she definitely yeah. deserves, especially for Atoy, like who has been through a shitload of things in her life. Yeah. And when she saved uh, Lai, the young the young girl that she actually trained to fight with her yeah. in season one, like she knows that uh, Atoy knows that Lai should not be like her and forces her to stay with Nelly. And that that was a heartbreaking moment. That was definitely a heartbreaking moment because it's like almost this mother and daughter kind of thing right. going like, "Yeah, I don't want you to be like me. If you stay with me, you're gonna start, you're gonna start be, meeting men, like actually sleeping with men. Do you want that?" And then she just like gives her one last hug and yeah. pushes her away. And I was just like, "Damn, yeah." And it was it was emotional. But speaking of toying with my emotions, yeah. holy yeah. fuck, the bar fight scene, bro. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my right. god, dude! Yeah, like for it, it was her, uh, uh, the guy that was helping her get land. He was like, "Yeah, she was leave him." And he yeah. was like, Fuck "That you're taking my money and shit." And then like, he hooks, up, he hooks up with some crazy characters and two yeah, two dudes, two butcher dudes. It was nuts. I know, and that was like, world. like they fucking slapped Nelly away, and oh then for for. A toy to actually try and overcome one of them. I was like, yeah. damn. And they actually cut her like deep on this one to yeah. barely like fucking move. And then when she actually gets one guy down to finally get her sword, I was like, okay, you're fucked, dude. That dude was fucked when she had her sword. I was like, yeah, this guy is so fucked and ready to die. Yeah. Like, but and I, then, I love the, yeah, after she overcomes, it's brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. After she but, overcomes them, though. I love the scene afterwards where she goes oh, yeah. up with that dude to try to yeah, fucking get Patterson. And she's like, just sitting there at the table, all fucked up. Yeah. Or <laughs> and here's Patterson trying like fucking play it all dumb. He's like, nope, she knows what you she knows what you did. It's like, you better sign now, or else yeah. I kill you and your whole family. Like, she ain't fucking around. Well, she ain't fucking around. Like, like you I need to, I need you to look over there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> she, and it's like these two fucking heads right there on a silver platter. It's like heads on a fucking silver platter legit. And I'm just like, yeah. Like <laughs> you you did not have to do this. You yeah. because she did not need your help, but she needed <laughs> a guy to actually do what she needed for her business. Her yeah. land, but but it was stupid. I, it was like she was leaving on good terms. He made yeah. money with her. There was no reason for any of that. Exactly. But yeah, it was great. That was a great scene. That was great. definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Overall, are we are we missing any other key characters? Oh, the uh, the the gentleman with the hat. Who's the, between I know that they all wear hats. I know it's a bad uh, uh, Lee, like the his. O'Hara's partner, or he's the one that he's kind of in between. Oh, uh, Wong Chow, yeah, Wong Chow, Wong Chow. Oh, the dude, the, he got more layers to his character in this. Oh season. yeah, like the especially first, by the like, end because I didn't oh, think that yeah. guy had a heart. No, like definitely like the first season. You see yeah. how he he always just does business with both the Chinese, the police, and the white community, yeah. and then. When you finally like see him in one sense of like actually being vulnerable, like he's reading a newspaper while having having a 
a prostitute with him. I was just like, okay, we're getting yeah. a little bit too much from him. But then yeah, yeah. when the season finale of season one happened, where he talked, where he sees like Assam being a coolie, he actually says like, like I know you're not a fucking coolie, so what? You should drop this act. And and then he tells him his backstory, like I was a slave, and he tells him like. We were we were supposed to come to America, but we ended up in Cuba, and where I was sold as a slave. And he just says, "I know I'm not a fucking slave." Yeah, and you could tell in how he delivers everything like that. He just really sold it that he has seen so much shit. Yeah, and yeah. especially what he says to Assam, like warriors have two paths: get killed or get better. And I was like, yes, yeah, yes. And but then he, I was just like, okay, he's just, just a businessman out for himself. Mm-hmm. He only thinks for himself. But like, yeah. you find out later that he's got a daughter, a daughter with, and, with with a prostitute herself. But yeah, and yet he he really like does whatever, trying to stay out of her life. But at the same time, like when he finally gives her to Nelly at the end, almost dying from that fucking raid yeah. that he planned, he was like saying no. He was like saying saying to Nelly like. I want you to get a good home because her, yeah. her mother is a prostitute and her father is me. So I want yeah. her to have a good life. And yeah. him understanding, like, like if he stays, if she stays in Chinatown, like she won't be accepted because the Chinese don't accept half Chinese or half, half, uh, whatever right. else. Right. 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 And right. at least with Nellie and a white family, she could actually survive, especially during that time. He yeah. understood like what was good for her, right? And seeing like how he understood too, like the shit between, like he didn't even know that Myling and Assam were like brother and sister because I kept watching, rewatching those episodes. Like, do you know or do you not know? Anything? But he knew that those two, if they're going throw- at each other's throats, it Chinatown was gonna pay, and he fucking called it when like when he um when he told Assam that. During the, during when he was in the Barbary Coast fighting, he called that when the fucking Irish came in, like right. to, he did to destroy Chinatown, and he he had to save my link from the whole crowd coming in, and it's like yeah, he fucking called it, and but he definitely had his own moments of fighting back, even though he's not as martial arts excelled as Assam or Leong. Yeah. You could tell that he fights for his own survival and his own way. And that's what I like about the fight choreography, too, is they don't fight to say, like, yeah, this character just knows this. That's why he's cool. No. Yeah. It, it, Brett Chan, who's the fight coordinator, knew exactly how to shape the fight scenes and everything else to make sure it served the purpose of the story and the characters. So everyone had a reason to fight and knew how to do it, like yeah. how the character was going to do it. Not just like, yeah, this character is going to learn to apply for you, which I fucking hate the fact right. that. Yeah, but I, love, fucking... I love how he would have those pistols just come, oh, out. Yeah. come out of his sleeve. Yeah. And he's just like, especially when he was knew that he was like so caught in the fung high and he was just like, oh, they're going to try to kill <laughs> Huh, yeah. You only have one one gun. It's like, boom. <laughs> but, like, even yeah. end, but even with his character at the end of the at the end of the the show, he had that moment, yeah, where he was like, he felt really bad because of yeah. what happened to Jacob. Oh yeah, he, and he tell and he tells what you call he says he tells he, my language. He, he trusted me. Yeah, that man trusted me, and mm-hmm. you know, 
And I was like, wow. Because like you said, first season is more like I'm um, businessman. I'm only out for myself. Yeah. But so, again, layers to all these Layers guys. to even him. Larry, and Even Leary. Even yes. though Leary's the villain. Yeah, and they finally gave him like a fleshed yeah. out character for season yeah. two. Like, there's still moments, you know, where you're like, oh, I kind of, it's fucked up, but I kind of yeah. understand where Leary's coming from, you know? Like, and that's where, like, Leary and Asam are almost the same. They're fighting for their own purpose. Like, Asam still doesn't know what, until, like, later on that he's like, yes, I am supposed to be a symbol to Chinatown. But Leary, he knew that he had to fight for the Irish. Irish working men, but at the same time, he did not know how to approach it. He he's just doing it because oh, I own this bar, and to serve a better purpose, uh, to serve like kind of the idea of like yeah, Sophie was literally the like push that he needed in a weird way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she served her purpose. Sure. Yes, exactly. Because, but, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, because Leary like definitely was always like being the one guy that says I American jobs belong to Americans and yet it kind of <laughs> contradicts himself when Assam points out like yeah you guys came from Ireland you especially came from Ireland and yet you say you're American come on but yeah. the side fact it really makes Leary know exactly what's going around in the world around him but also try to make it work too especially when he knew that oh when Sophie told him that Jacob's dead, or uh, or Mayor Blake's dead, and Jacob kill, killed him. And he he knew he was like, oh shit, like yeah. And he did warn everybody. And then when he gets to that point where he saves Sophie from the crowd in episode nine, yeah. he gives her that wake up call. It's like you, I told you, I told everybody that this shit was gonna happen, and yeah. no one wanted to listen. Now take a look. Yeah, you want to be a part of this world? Take a look right now. Again, again, that was his version of what you call saying, you do nothing, Sophie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Shut up, Shut up Sophie. Exactly. <laughs> and for, for her to finally realize that, he's like, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Because that was great. Yeah. Oh, I was so happy that happened. I was so happy that happened. Because now, where do, do, how long do you think it will take for Lee to be out of the law, law enforcement? I, I, I think he's going to. Oh, yeah. I think he's gonna come like, back. Definitely, like the the way he his trust is like totally gone after finding out that O'Hara like planted the evidence when he goes yeah. to meet the one real estate's widow. Like that trust is gone, and then after, like he reached his breaking point right at the riot. Like he really reached his breaking point. Like that fucking Tully guy, like fucking beat him down, and he's just like fuck this, and it really mentally broke him to the point where I was like, all my righteous like approach is all yeah. bullshit and but even O'Hara's like saying no it wasn't all bullshit it's just there's this approach that we have to do like right and as much as like Lee really understands and sympathizes with people of color because him having a what a wife that was black herself and then killed by his own cousins yeah, uh, yeah. that that really gets to the point of why he sympathizes with the people of color, like the mm -hmm. Chinese and the black community. And yet yeah. no one understood why he did that. But him, he was just like, no, I, I came from this and this is why I'm fighting for this. And yet now it's like, he goes off and finally like says like, fuck it. I don't want to be a cop anymore because all this shit happened and I can't deal with the corruption. I can't deal with this. It. Yeah. And like you said, 
if season three were to happen, I definitely see him like coming back, but it's unknown how he would come back, especially when like O'Hara like does not have like good solid reasoning. Yes, he said he is a cop, he's a righteous cop, but for Lee to come back, it would have to take some not convincing, just knowing that like something if he like and Abigail another event yeah which, like all right i gotta do something kind of thing like probably let's say i hate to use this as an example and this is a cliched example of like him and abigail if they were to like continue like their relationship and he actually like you know what him working at the bar with abigail who knows that that would actually happen but then yeah. like who would actually like get what's it called i think uh, lee would be back. he says i think lee would be back in law enforcement but a lot would need to happen like i was, I was yes. an event yes uh, wise providing the character development is there maybe private investigator yeah like Ooh, private man. investigator like definitely if he was a private investigator not like damon because damon who was a guy that was working with the feng hai and also um ohara killed in season one um yeah. but lee would have to have an event happen like whether it be like abigail losing her bar i don't want to go so far of like her getting killed again because we don't want to repeat history for him like that right, but right. if she lost her bar or even getting having her injured while the bar got destroyed and then that's what makes him actually go go like um, uh kyle oh, kyle is obviously a lot younger than me i'm an old man i'm like 95 years side old kicks. So i don't know if kyle knows about this I remember seeing it in passing, but I rarely <laughs> remember. But I do know Ernie Reyes Jr. was like a yeah. great martial arts actor growing up. Surf ninjas, surf ninjas. There you go. There you go. That, that shows you how young uh, Kyle is. There you go. <laughs> I'm like barely, barely out of the '80s and then into the '90s to that point of like, yeah, you know what? These were awesome movies back then. And then I look back at like, ah, the great era. Yes, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I knew about the show Sexy Sumo, but I never watched it. I wonder if it's like on DVD, probably on YouTube. You can probably watch it. Just yeah, as most shows are. Uh, have a good one, Yasuke. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, thanks yeah. again, guys, for watching and liking the video. You guys are awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, this is, you know, I, I'm so happy we we're able to revisit the season mm -hmm. and talk about it and try to promote the badassity of this show. Yes. Let other people know. So chat, tell your friends, tell your family. <laughs> All right, yes. tell everyone. Get everyone to watch the show. Watch the show. This show should be this should this should be the highest rated show out there. Fuck all yes. the fucking investigation shows. Yeah, like God. God million investigation shows. <laughs> C-I-S-C-E-C-I. -C -C like, the fucking Iron Shield and the fucking We got too many. Okay. No, like we definitely reality TV shows, which is all puke. Okay. And oh, actually, what, what's actually interesting too, huh? What's actually interesting too is if there wasn't a Warrior season three, there could have been a Warrior spinoff. Because think, uh, I remember my mom and I talking about historical events with the Chinese. There was actually Chinese coolies in Peru. So, and I when Wang Chao mentions about like their slaves in Cuba, I was like. That would be an interesting spinoff. Interesting. So to yeah. hear how Wong Chao like suffered in Cuba, yeah. I, I'm not saying it could be a story about Wong Chao, but it's like 
literally about the slaves that were still stuck there. And I was like, you know what? That would be an interesting side story. If, because like most shows like Marco Polo or even like Spartacus, because I think I resonated like to those shows, especially to this one, minus, yeah. the, minus the action gore <laughs> and sex in it. <laughs> but uh, I think I resonated to it because of like how they approach the dialogue and story to everything. Yeah. So yeah. to have a side story of like, what happens in Cuba with the Chinese story. I would settle for that if season three did not happen. I'm still knocking on what that season three should happen. Um, I have but, a good feeling, even yeah. though even though the show's not talked about as much as we would like like it to be, I have a good feeling. I think the critics really liked it. Yes. Uh, maybe that will create some buzz. Plus, there's probably more eyes on it now. Mm-hmm. Not as much as we would like. No. Because everyone's subscribing to HBO Max for other things. Yes. So they may have more access to it. Um, but I, I think, you know, that's that's interesting about a side, uh, uh, what would you side, call it? A side story, like a spinoff where. A spin-off. I, I think the spinoff that everybody really wants to see from Warrior, though, is Sophie's Choice. <laughs> I do a Sophie's Choice joke. It's all about me. It's all about me. I do nothing. I do nothing. But I know everything, and I'm going to tell you how to live your lives, even though I don't do shit. Sophie's Choice coming soon. Why your season three spinoff? Actually, the spinoff for Sophie, her getting. Getting a penny out of the mental asylum. Finally, she does something, <laughs> and all of a sudden, she knows she knows ninjutsu. Yes, <laughs> martial arts master, right there. There you go. <laughs> that twist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have fun. Uh, Dog soldier says it's yeah, it's gaining momentum via yeah. social media. All right. Yes. All right. Love it. Okay, cool. And HBO Max could produce a feature film finale if it wanted. Netflix did it for Sense8, and they're doing it again for Wu Assassins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm I'm confused with uh, your favorite show of all time, Wu Assassins. I'm confused. (laughs) Is there going to be another season and then a movie to end it, or are they just making a movie? From from what I've heard, like, and Eco Waste, like, really said this on uh, Scott Atkins, like, uh, art of action where they they said yeah it's we're gonna be making a Wu Assassins movie so it's like it's replacing season two if I believe that's right and sure. there's it's like a Wu Assassins movie and I think it's the second one to like follow up but I did not really pay attention because I was like a friend actually brought it up like Louis Tan's filming this because she's a huge fan of Louis Tan I am <laughs> um, and she goes um she she said he's filming something in Bangkok and I was like I took a look at it, I was like Oh, yeah, he's filming with um, or he's with, he's with Eco Waste and Juju Chan. I'm like, it can't be a, it can't be a Wu Assassin. Is it Wu Assassin season two or is it a movie? And the next thing you know, they announce it later. I'm like, oh, it's a Wu Assassin's movie. Great. It's probably well, you know what? It's probably a good thing because then they could just end it, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe, maybe since it's just one movie project, they can add more budget to it. Maybe they yeah. can give it a kick-ass finale. I don't know. And, and, and then. Same thing with Warrior. I mean, I'd rather have a movie than no season three at all. Yeah. I actually thought about that, too. If, like, they did a film, they really have to almost, like, almost um, kind of 
really make it not just a bleaker ending, but it could just be like something that we know that all the main characters like Assam, Young Jun, and Mai Ling could have like this ending where, okay, this is what's happening in the US now. Let's try and be at peace with this if we right. can. Because the this was all leading up to the Chinese Exclusion Act being like uh actually being being implemented in the US history, especially in the show. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh Lee says Wu Assassin's Fistful of Vengeance is in production as a feature film. A second season has not been confirmed, but could be. They should just okay. make a movie and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. really. And with a title like that, Wu Assassin's Fistful of Vengeance, this better be the most badass movie. This better be fucking kick ass. No, be- no, no, no. It, it should be Wu Assassin's Iceman 3. <laughs> Iceman 3. <laughs> Dude, Iceman made me mad. <laughs> it made you mad. It made me like. I, I said, like, how do you fuck up a movie in five minutes? It did that in five minutes. Like, <laughs> I'm just like this going. Do you remember? Do you remember the scene with Donnie Yen in the toilet? Oh God! Can you explain? <laughs> you know, like next thing you know, like oh, cops are coming after me. I gotta go take a shit. Clear <laughs> <laughs> the guy. I kid you not. But did he like? Did when he took a shit to it? Did he take a shit to escape and then launch him out of the toilet? And I mean, like he's outside. Remember, he appeared up outside. Yeah, and, and I'm like, like, wait, did his was his shit so powerful that it launched him? I don't know. I don't even know what happened in that scene. I, I don't even know what happened either. I just I just went like, why am I still watching? <laughs> and I know, I know the movie. I know those movies filmed in 3D, but you know, yeah. I get it. But we have 3D time, shit. 3D shit, right? But then at the same time, I'm like, yeah, because that's what we all martial art Donnie Yen fans want to go see. We want to see Donnie Yen using CGI weapons. That's not even there. Yeah. Woo. Oh, God. Scoring points. Like, you know, I think that's what happened. He took a shit so, so badass that it launched him out of the, the toilet outhouse and he ended up on the hill looking at the bad guys. I, I, hate, actually, I hate that movie. I hate it. I, I hate it too. And it took me a realization when the Raging Fire trailer came out. I was like, we went through 10 years of questionable Donnie Yen movies. <laughs> minus minus the side track, like literally after Yip Mon 2. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, what was actually a good, a good like Donnie Yen movie after Yip Mon 2? I was like, Wu Xia. Um, Kung yeah, Fu yeah. Jungle. Yeah. Anything else? Like, nope, we won't talk about Special ID. Okay, we won't talk about Iceman. Nope, we won't talk about Triple X3. Oh, God. <laughs> what about Rogue One? He was in there for like five minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> what, what about this film? I was like, did you like Hitmon 3? I was like, when you really look at it, geez. When you look at Hitmon 4, it's like, it, it's uh, the way I say that Hitmon 3 and 4 is like the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. It's like, yeah, we made Hitmon 3 for this. Did you like it? <laughs> You, you, you liked it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here, here here's Yipmon Four. We, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. And I, I, I really like. I mean, I, I was really entertained by Yipman Four, and I, I, love, I love the fight with him and Scott Atkins. But it's yes, not, it's not my favorite though. No, like I expected, like especially when you have Scott Atkins and Donnie Yen, both known yeah. for their kicks and everything else, 
definitely I would want to see them in a modern contemporary, like doing yeah. what they do best. Yeah. And just like, yep, go all out. And the fact that Raging Fire is coming out and gives me a little bit hype, it is questionable for me on the side fact. It's like, yeah, Donnie made all these films in this 10 year span. But you didn't like Big Brother? You didn't like. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I said, <laughs> like Enter the Fat Dragon? Come on. You know, I still haven't seen it. I haven't seen the uh, I seen them both and it it was like like watching Big Brother, we, my friends and I, we had to watch Big Brother and I was just like sitting there going like this is all this is all like Donnie Yen has to be the end all be all. Like I I understand that, but it's like I can save your kids for their education. I'm like, okay. It, it was ridiculous. And then here's Enter the Fat Dragon. I was like, okay. Some people like it. Some people hate it. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if I want to buy it. Maybe if I could watch it for free. Uh, I don't know if I'd buy it though. But yeah. Um, I know it's supposed to be comedy. It's supposed to be stupid. But it, it I, is supposed to be I, comedy. I love, I love the, I know this is not a remake. But I love the uh, End of the Fat Dragon with Samuel Hong. Yes. Like, that is at fantastic. Least, yes. At least that one had a pro- a proper story. And it, it, you have just Donnie in a fat suit. Yeah. And End of the Fat Dragon. I was just like, unless he goes full Christian Bale and just goes fucking full Dick Cheney and just decides, I'm going to still do all the fights through. Even though I have gout, I'll still do the fights through. I'm like, fuck. And, like, but, and, and that was part of the comedy I'm not yeah. saying Into the Fat Dragon with Samuel's high art, but that was like, yeah. but it was, it was, that was part of the comedy was that yes. as big as Samuel is, he's doing like the pitch perfect Bruce Lee impression. Yes. And he's like so good at it. And he even says in the movie, like Bruce Lee's my hero. You know, it's not like yeah. I'm Bruce Lee. He's just, yeah. so, he's just a, a huge fan. But when a movie has Samuel Hung as, you know, <laughs> doing his Bruce Lee impression, yeah. kicking the shit. Out of a Bruce Bloitation star. Yes. In the movie. I was like, oh my God, is this happening right now? This is hilarious. Yeah. This is the greatest thing ever. And then kicking his ass and then standing over him and saying, you are a disgrace to my hero. Yeah. That was a, sh- you know, that was a shot at all those Bruce Bloitation. Yeah, definitely. Especially you like know. how. I'm not dogging the fan base of Bruce Bloitation. I, I like a few, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm not dogging it. But it's just it, like, that's fucking brilliant. Definitely. You know? Especially like how, like, Bruce Lee influenced a lot of how martial arts films are now, especially they make you think of the way certain things. Ah, Lee. <laughs> Lee I, I really don't want to watch Into the Fat Dragon now. <laughs> and the but, fact that... Does Donnie in Into in, in the, in the Fat Dragon, does he have a scene where his shit propels him out of the outhouse? And... <laughs> no. No, but we do, have, we do have... We do have a Japanese... We do have a Japanese actor like doing shit jokes because he's farting all the time, and I'm just like, "Great, Wong Jing, Wong Jing, go, the director, <laughs> Wong Jing, yes, Wong good Jing. on you." <laughs> like, but which is why I, I'm, starting feel, I'm starting to feel Kung Fu Jungle's underrated now. It is definitely underrated because it does a good throwback to the Kung Fu movies yeah. back in that time, especially like doing old styles like. Hungar and kicking styles, and it it's really interesting, and which is why like you look at Lucia and Kung Fu Jungle, we're the only like 
good Donnie Yen films out of that whole ten year, <laughs> ten years. Of- <laughs> like I like, I like, I like parts of. I mean, when you compare it to Big Brother, I like parts of Special ID, but it's like only because it gives you that fantasy of Donnie Yen doing the live action video game, uh, oh, <laughs> Sleeping you know? Dogs, right? Which, which is like it. Whenever someone says, "Yeah, he's doing Sleeping Dogs live action movie," I was like, "You already did that with Special ID, right? Do we need a Sleeping Dogs movie? I don't. I, I never asked for a Sleeping Dogs movie. I'm fine with the video game. I don't. I don't. I don't need. I don't need a Sleeping Dogs live action movie. I don't need. Like, Are we even gonna do that now? Are we still? Is that still happening? I I'm not even sure. It's like a lot of like just how like certain video game movies are actually coming out too it's just i i'm i remember watching the trailer for more combat i was like i should feel the hype it, it is the one and only and if i'm wrong yeah. if anyone could prove me wrong like is the one and only hard rated r video game adaptation that is coming out so far because the other properties yeah because max Payne was supposed to be like rated r but they made that pg-13 um Sleeping Dogs is happening. Okay, thank you, Lee. Um, but, but Kyle is really excited about it, as you can tell. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, uh, like honestly, I will get into like one of my one video game adaptations if I ever do it one day. Is Rainbow Six? Honestly, oh, like, especially to make like a proper trilogy based on what has happened in these past four years. Yeah. Hey, I'm all, hey, you, I, I, you got my support, my friend. Yeah. Any live action video game adaptations you do. You got my support. Sorry, <laughs> I appreciate you that. Your shit. I like, we, we're on, you're on the same page as me in terms yeah. of what movies you like. You said, yeah. Kill Zone, yes. Yes. Oh, fuck Iceman. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Anything you do from now on, man, I got your back. I'm going to be supporting you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Preston. the movie, martial arts, whatever the fuck, horror, it's all good. The movie Dojo Army and Samurai Guy will support Kyle Master Wong. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all named Master Wong. <laughs> you change your name now, man. Every time you come on here, you got to put in the, the next yes. time you come on the show. Kyle Master Wong. What uh, do you... Well, Think of Ninja Assassin. Oh, uh, I'm older than Kyle. So I, I might be different, but Kyle, go ahead. You go first and then I'll go. It was, I kind of wish the CGI was not over the top too. Right. And that, like there was like <laughs> so many good elements in it, but I just, something's still off about that film with me. Like right. here, here's the thing, like, Every Saturday before lockdown, my friends and I, we would all, we literally like watched all these movies that we were hyped for. And then, so we would watch a bad movie and then watch a good movie right after. So a good portion of them were like all those type of movies, like Ninja Assassin was the bad one. And then what's it called? And then fucking, we would watch a good Jackie Chan movie, a good Jet Li movie, a good, a good, uh, just any good movies and just wash the palette off. But Ninja Assassin is still in that weird teeter-totter of like, this could have been good, but it's just weird because right. like you're supposed to be a ninja, and yet here you are just all just doing this weird kind of thing. 
And especially when you kill someone in a fucking laundromat and you just leave it all there to see for it. <laughs> so no, no, I, I get your side of it. I totally get it. Uh, Brandon's he's got your support. Randall you, Brandon. Brandon. He's got your support. Um, so when I got or finally got around to watching it, I refused to see it in, in the theater. Cause I was like, I didn't know what to think of it. Um, and then I, I uh, heard horrible, horrible things about it. Everyone hates it. I was like, oh, tons of CGI blood. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. And I'm not a big fan of CGI blood, but I understand. Yeah. I understand for budget reasons if you have to. Yeah. I get it. But so uh, here we go. Asian movie enthusiasts in the yes. house. And it just has like, too many shots of CGI weapons to slice people in CGI mush. Okay. Yeah. So, so I totally understand the hate for all that. I get all the hate for that. So I went in to watch it expecting the worst ninja film I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) That's what I went into to watch. Yeah. And then before I watched that, I heard from the director that before he made the movie, he's a huge anime fan and he's a huge ninja exploitation fan. So we're talking ninja exploitation from the eighties. Yes, like so into the ninja. This ninja is a, and there's a lot of people that like those movies, and there's a lot of people that hate that era. They only go to Japan for their ninja for the re, you know the real ninja shit. Yes, American ninja shit. I get it. Yeah. I get it. each his own apples and oranges, right? Yeah. But it was a love letter for ninja exploitation films of the eighties, and he loved anime, and was a big fan of how the blood. Would yes. come out and shoot out in movies like Ninja Scroll and whatnot. Yeah, so he wanted to try to do that, whether whether for better or for worse. That's what he was trying to do. Was he wanted the blood spurts and the gore to look like anime? Yeah. Now, eighty uh, percent of people think probably think it doesn't work, right? But I kind of forgave it a little bit because not knowing from his side, oh, that's what he was trying to do. Do. Not just okay, we're lazy and we don't have effects for real blood. Yeah, you know what I mean, so I'm like, okay, it's not great, but I can kind of forgive it a little bit because that's where he was going for. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually a fan of both. I love the Shinobi no Mono movies from Japan. Mm-hmm. I love the Shadow Hunters. I love you know Sunny Chiba sh- shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I love the real ninja right. shit in Japan, the real authentic yes. shit in Japan. But I'm an 80s kid, so I kind of love the ninja exploitation stuff. I grew up with the ninja exploitation stuff first yes. before I was introduced to the real shit as I got older. Yeah. So you have cheesy but fun popcorn movies, unrealistic as all fuck. Yeah. Unrealistic. I mean, Revenge of the Ninja has two ninjas on the rooftop in the daytime <laughs> in the city so everyone can see them fight. Yeah. When you're young watching it, you're like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing about town. Right? <laughs> I even have. The cheesy as all fuck TV show, The Master, which was oh, with, Lee, with Lee Van Cleef, right? Yes, with ninety-five-year-old Lee Van Cleef, who was stunt doubled to you know, like it's so cheesy, but I have fun watching it, right? So I get the hate for ninja exploitation of eighties films. I get it. I totally understand, but I'm a fan of it, right? Yeah, American Ninja movies. I'm a fan of all that cheese. Yeah, right? uh, at least the first two American Ninja movies are are, are the best. Yeah, because uh, it went off into someone else. Like, not Michael Tudikoff is not even in the rest of the race. Yeah, it's like he it came back. I think he came back in the fourth one as yeah, you know, small part. I like David Bradley as a martial artist, but you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was it was weird. Uh, still a fan of those, even though they're yeah. 
first two are the best. But there's like, you know, there's tons of, you know, you have the um, Pray for Death with Shokasugi and all that. So I was like, holy shit, Shokasugi's in this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. He was like the master. He's the master. I was like, yeah. dude, this is kind of fucking cool. Me being a fan of those old school cheesy ninja films. Ninja yeah. Domination is so ridiculous. It is one of the most ridiculous ninja movies you'll ever see in your life. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Right. And so I'm like, I'm first of all, I'm liking the fight choreography. I'm liking the way people are moving. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's weird because with all the CGI weapons, especially at the fight where he's, you know, Rain is doing all this. Yeah. Stuff, the and chain Dojo, and everything. Yeah. And the, and the screen like that. Yeah. It's almost like the movie was supposed to be filmed in 3D. 3D. Yeah. It's weird. But I don't think it was. No. I, I, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it in theaters. And I was just like, why does it feel like there should have been 3D with that yeah. coming out? But it never did. It, it, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, generic plot. You've seen it a billion times. Yes. But I kind of like the aspect of a ninja going rogue. Yes. It's going against the grain. And then you get a little bonus fight with Shokasugi at the end. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pure turn your brain off popcorn entertainment. Mm -hmm. But I get the hate. I totally understand the hate for it. Like I said, it's, it's just I never like it or hate it, it and i never teeter on it right yeah it's just in the middle of like yeah. i still don't know what it is but right. the fact that you actually like told the history of it with the director having these influences of the ninja exploitation films and yeah. the animes that really overshot the blood i was like okay now i understand that and it's still like still teetering of like yeah, do you like this or hate it, this it, like, i'm not gonna change your mind <laughs> <laughs> no all good like <laughs> It's coming from my perspective, how I viewed the movie. But all I can say is that's why I like about when we discuss, like, me and my friends and now you and I discuss about film. Yeah. It's like, what do you think of this film? It's like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. And then, like, I'll bring some history behind it. And you, now you're bringing some history behind it. I was like, oh, that's how it is. Nice. Lee, Lee, this is the truth. This is my favorite ninja movie of all time. Ninja movable heart. It's the, it's the greatest that. ninja movie ever made. Yeah. Oh man! If you ever want to see me angry, watch this review I had of the. When I reviewed this movie, check it out when you get bored later. And uh, yeah, just uh, just puzzled. It's very rare I'll give a movie zero stars. Damn, very like, rare. This honestly, movie, this movie made Ninja the Assassin, whatever. Yeah, Ninja Assassin. Excuse me. Yeah, <clears throat> look like fucking you know Warrior Season Two. That's how bad. Yeah. Ninja the movable heart. And it has nothing to do with the being in low budget. It has nothing. Mm -hmm. I can forgive low budget. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But when you see the fight scenes, dude, oh my God. Oh God. You know how we were goofing around, shadow boxing each other? Yeah. That's better yeah. than all fight scenes in the. In the <laughs> oh, geez. We weren't even touching each other. <laughs> yeah. All, all I can say is the one movie that I'll, I'll never forgive. Yeah. Is fucking Alien versus Prayer Requiem. I'll never forgive that fucking film. I. I actually went to theaters and saw that fucking film. Not not only is it dark, it has like this weird fucking fucking like oh yeah, there's this teen drama, and then there's this this soldier lady coming back from Dawson's War. It was Dawson's Creek shit, and then let's throw let's throw Alien versus Predator in. And I was like, why? Yeah, this, this makes no sense, and I fucking hate it. And and I knew right after that film, every Alien and Predator movie would just go down the tubes, and I was like. Way to go! You you fucked it yeah. up for everyone. I, 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 yeah, and, uh, and 
Uh, here's the here's the question though. Mm-hmm. If I was forced to sit down with my eyelids <laughs> taped open, <laughs> like it's literally like this, and I had to watch Alien vs Predator: Requiem uncut, unrated version. Oh, that's good. More, it's a little bit more gore. Mm-hmm. That or the Predator. I don't know. Oh God. About it. I might. That might be difficult to choose. <laughs> like I wanted I to pick the Predator because there's comedy in it. I, I want. Well, I, like- I hate. I hate. I like parts of it. Yeah, I like parts of it, but I can't. I just. It's 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 fascinating. I always bring up the Predator, and I always bring up Alien Covenant, and it's a fine if you're a fan of both. It's fine. I'm not judging you. It's I. Just, but I, it's the last two movies of those two franchises basically shit on the myths and lore yes, of definitely. Both franchises. That's amazing yes. that both of them did that for both franchises. And that that's never why, that that's why I really hated the fact that Alien vs. Predator Requiem did and the side fact that the Predator just like did whatever it did. Then I could for, forgive Prometheus, but I'll never forgive Covenant for being that dumb. I'll never forgive Covenant for being that dumb. And then here's another thing. If you guys support this, like if I ever did a Predator film, how about we see a Predator film in the Predator's perspective? Oh. Like, that would and, be dope. And I remember talking to like a director that did that I think wrote for Wally. Okay. And he um I asked him like how did he approach writing Wally because that that film had zero dialogue almost. Yeah, yeah. That really had zero dialogue. And I seriously thought, like, what? And someone po- posted this a long time ago stating, you know, if they wanted to do hybridization, they should have done something like from that fucking video game Predator Concrete Jungle. I was like, there is a prime example of how to make Predator an actual main character. Dude, that, you're right. Like, have you, Predator. have you seen the plot synopsis for the new Predator movie? Uh, like, I saw God it. Damn and, it. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I read it and I was just like, "I'll support it if it gets done." But you know what? I don't. I. I. I You're not excited. I'm not excited because it's like it's the same story, just yeah. it's basically sad to say, Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> now, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that. It's just a side fact that th- there you have it. This. Yeah. This. Whereas, if you want to make the revitalization of a property yeah. try and make it like this where now it's time to see it from the prayer's perspective and Ooh. and i even said like if i ever get a chance to do that and they said hey do you want to do you want to try and revitalize this franchise with it it's like okay give me a predator film give me an alien film and give me an alien versus predator film to actually all lead together into one trinity yeah. and then literally and then on top of that, I'll put Covenant, the Predator, and Alien vs. Predator Requiem on the fucking monitors. And if the producers like say, hey, Kyle, we, we say that you shouldn't do this. I'm like, hey, you guys made this. You guys made this happen. You guys bar- <laughs> basically buried the franchise. We're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. <laughs> so, oh. no, I'm not. Let's see. An entire movie from the Predator's perspective would be probably two hours of objects moving in thermal vision. No, it. It's not that, like, the way I say it is more or less, like, try and make it from how, like, so Predator Concrete Jungle. You have a Predator that literally lost all his honor when we getting found out. And then he tries to destroy the whole city, but he survives it. So his clan comes down, picks him up, 
for the disgrace, but somehow on Earth, the people that survived it literally take his technology and use it to build a better future. And then next thing you know, they, the Predator is exiled to a planet for like hundreds of years. They finally pick him up and he's still surviving with only the tools that he has. And now they, his clan just says, hey, you left your shit there. Get it yeah. back and destroy every single one of these motherfuckers. And then next thing you know, he comes down and he only takes like literally his actual tools that he has, not energy based, an actual old school hunter with just blades, his hands, oh, and everything it. else. And, and that's that, what wasn't that a Sega Genesis game? It was a it was an Xbox 360 Xbox 360 game. PS2 game. And not okay. only that, that would be my like uh, and I've been I've been doing this binge of like watching the death of or what was it the the story of the Superman Returns movie or yeah, not yeah, Superman yeah. Returns like where uh, it was supposed to be Tim Burton's movie. Yeah, like yeah. I would do the Kevin Smith thing. I was like, I'm gonna throw this in. So if if I wanted, I would have like a fucking seven foot tall fucking predator, like the fucking beast one, all <laughs> fucking taken over by the humans, just like really yeah. fucked up. And I would put a fucking proper pred alien in it, and they yeah. would say like. And next thing you know, right at the end, leads up to yeah. a human hybridized predator character. Dude. And, and you that would be like... You another supporter from the army. Yes. There Thank you. you. But Thank dude, you know, think, think about it. You just mentioned you're all you're all down to do a live action adaptation of a video game. You know, there you go. Yeah, one one day, like, if, it, if it happens, dude, I'll be like, holy shit. Dude, the title is fucking dope. Predator. <laughs> Concrete Jungle Science. Yes. That sells tickets right there. Yeah, and you know? here's a, and the fact that if anyone wondered, like, how would I lead all that into an Alien vs. Predator film? Well, I would do another Predator film based on the original comic books that yeah. actually had, like, so, like, a Predator and his clan actually, like, freaking, like, um, what's it called? F- gets kicked out of his clan because he did he denounced, like, this one Predator predator youngling killing human children and this right. whole like human clan right. so he tries to set out to actually basically go go after go after his clan with this other human um yukio who okay. who's out there and then next yeah. thing you know they, they finally get the clan but they're on this planet and you find out the planet which actually what's it called is actually inhabited by the aliens. So that uh, leads into the alien films, and you find out where Yukio came from, and then next thing you know, all that happens. So that's my own film style. I know there's gonna be like a lot of fucking loyalists of like saying, yeah. You're screwing up the Alien vs. Prior franchise. I was like, Yes, but no, it's already, fucked up. It's it's already, already fucked, up. fucked up in the in Hollywood movie verse right now. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Already- At well, least yeah. this is this is like basically going back to like why did Predator and Alien really make us scared but also excited back then in the 80s and 90s and this is me like saying this is how i would approach it because i want to see it like this and like we're not getting that anymore it's just like all right let's recycle this let's recycle that and it's like nothing wrong with the marvel films nothing wrong with the dc films i could go on and on of like with that and like now that Zack snyder actually has his cut i'm like wondering i kind of want to see what was shane black's day cut of the predator what was like because there's actually stuff out there i was that that makes me more angry about the movie is that you actually see behind the scenes stills yes of a group of other predator badasses were down there they team up with the mercenaries to go yes and i'm like dude how could you cut that out yeah 
How can like, you put that out? They even show the shot of when they were all in the they're all in this tank or truck or something. Yes. See a shot in the trailer. They use it for the trailer. Exactly. The on a minigun shooting something exactly. in the day. In the day. And I, I was like, where is that? I I, I, I can't believe it. I, I, I you know, not that a director's cut would have the movie probably still would have sucked, but mm-hmm. still it makes you wonder like the original vision before it got fucked up by yes. the studio. They cut everything. Exactly. Like what happened? But I got the pitch. This is this this is the pitch for you right here. Okay. I want you to make this is the ultimate predator movie right here. Predator versus Sophie. Why <laughs> <laughs> you hunting predator? Stop <laughs> hunting! Stop hunting! I was waiting for that to come up. <laughs> I was like, the next thing I'll just be like looking at her and just like and then it's just gonna be two hours. It's just like that's it. He's gonna he's gonna hold his head down like this while she's yelling at the whole movie. And then next I know, right at the end, Sophie's choice. The <laughs> 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 best movie of all time. <laughs> oh god. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Kevin, you just arrived. Thanks for showing up, man. Hey. We're gonna, probably going to wrap it up in a little bit. <laughs> oh, good. Don't worry. I don't want to keep Kyle too much, man. No, no, don't worry, man. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> We're like, yes. like we got, You're enjoying we, yourself. Good. We actually talk about so much about Warrior. We're talking about other movies we get shit on. Or actually, what what could be better? Like, right? Like, it it's it's a thing that I always, as a filmmaker for myself, like I want to make films much more better than what they were like and like what's it called i kind of wish that i liked justice league but next i know it's like yeah here's joss whedon's justice league here's sax snyder's and i was like you know what it's been it's been four fucking years and i'm just like eh, there we go here it is there we go great yeah. we start what time is hopefully it's good you know fingers crossed you know, hopefully it's good. I mean, it's the the, the Schneider version. I always say Schneider version. It, it it may not be as great as people want it to be, but it's obviously already better than the Whedon yeah. version. Yeah, because you know you're getting scenes with more character development. You know you're getting scenes with more action. You know you're getting the, the amazing score from Junkie XL. Yeah, that one track I heard blew my mind, and that horrible. Danny Elfman, you only got one week to score the week. Yeah. That was one of Danny Elfman. That might be Danny Elfman's worst score he's ever done. He, he's like, like, this is just a this is just a day for me. There we go. Yeah. Take that. Might have been might have been a week. Might have been a day. Already like, there's improvements. Like all I could say is the one comic book adaptation that I really liked was 2012's Dread. Yeah. Literally. 27 by 40 poster right there. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I actually I actually bought the Blu-ray twice. I bought the normal one that came out, and then finally it came out with a steelbook. I was just like, I'm buying this. I don't care. I love this movie. <laughs> I love it so much. One? Yeah. No, not the 4K one. Like, right before when 4K was becoming the rage. But oh, okay, okay. Other than that, like, I was happy that I got it because I was like, it, it made me hyped back then when I was a little kid. Sadly, yes, there was a Stallone version. I was like, I want to see this. I was like, I don't know why I don't like this or hate this. So much cheese. And then next I thing, know. Oh, no. God. 
God, that joke is never ending. And then it's, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I when I went to go see the movie, I didn't even know. I didn't even know it was a comic book movie yeah. or it was a comic book character. Yes. So when you get the opening credit titles and they're showing the different comic books, I'm like, oh my god, this is a comic book character. So yeah. Um. Ah, it's the third act is where the movie fails for me. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but. It's what for me. I know it's different for everyone, but for me, it's kind of become a guilty pleasure of mine. Yes, it <laughs> is. It's it's good trash if yes. you want to call it that. Definitely, uh, I was so happy with Dread twenty twelve. But the thing oh, is, yeah. is, I'll be honest, the trailer fucking sucked. I know, definitely. I was like, embarrassed for like, Dread twenty twelve coming out. I was like, dude, this looks terrible. I know, like, marketing was one of the reasons this movie failed. Yeah, the trailer for that film was Terrible. like so bad like i knew what they were going for like and i knew they were giving off all the good shots and i remember a long time ago right before the film was coming out i i was so hyped for it seeing carl urban in the whole get up and everything else that i was just like okay i'm hyped for this they actually went in a realistic approach using south africa as like the backdrop to like because district nine was like such a big thing too yeah promoting south africa which warriors filmed in like yeah. they have a proper crew and everything else. And I just remembered like somehow someone leaked the script and I remember reading it and I was like sitting there reading through everything. And I was like, okay, good thing. He does not say I am the lock. But when he finally said it, I was like, Oh shit, this is, yeah. this is the, this is how it needs to be said. And I was like, I can't wait to see this. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, the trailer showed a lot. This is a really bad trailer, but I'm going to see this. Yeah. I remember getting a sneak preview to it, and I sat there, and I was so giddy. And I was like, this is beautiful. Like, it had yeah. the Paul Verhoeven violent action style. Yes. It had yes. had the right vibe. It was just a simple story. And like I great said, soundtrack. I, great soundtrack by oh, Paul, uh, Paul Morgan. And, like, just everything was just perfectly done. And I just knew yeah. that, like, it was just a simple storyline. And, like, and they it didn't have budget movie yeah still done very well the only reason it cost a lot was because they did the whole 3d thing yes i wish they didn't do i mean Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong i enjoyed watching it in that the 3d they had yes slow-mo scenes oh yeah definitely don't get me wrong it was cool but it's just like i i i would have wished it would have been more successful but the good news is because of badasses like us in the movie dojo army that's watching, there's yes. a gigantic cult following for the film. Oh, yes. Definitely. And they're begging. They're just like, sequel or give us a TV show on Netflix. Yes. Definitely. Like, uh, I, I hope we get something. I definitely hope that too, because like it, that film was really well done. And I, I don't want to, I, I want to see how they would integrate a lot of what. The cursed Earth was, especially from that that uh that universe, not the Stallone universe, but right. the actual Dread twenty twelve universe of like how the right. cursed Earth, and then definitely wanted to see how they would approach the Dark Judges. Like everyone wants to see that Dark Judges of Judge Fire, Judge Judge Death. Mortis, and Judge Death. Like yeah. I want to see all that. Everyone's asking me about the Mortal Kombat trailer now. Oh God. Well, you already talked about it. Yes, I talked about it. I have seen the trailer. Yeah. Um, I you saw do, the red band. You saw the red. Band. I saw the red band, and I just it's it's just up in the air with me still because of like how like like I said, Raging Fire trailer hype. 
but I'm yeah. still questionable about Donnie Ince, like past 10 right. years, but I, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with being questionable. It's fine. Yeah. Like the reason why I sit, have to compare those two trailers is because Raging Fire is <clears throat> Benny Chan's last film that he's ever directed. Yeah. And he is, and he really did a great job with all his films. And this one is like the quintessential when you watch it. And I had to look at two trailers because the original like Mandarin trailer had this really polished look. I did feel the hype still when you had like the Beethoven score with it and everything else. And yet it has like this, had this really polished look. Like you, you look at the trailer, it's like very, very clean. Mm. But then you look at this new trailer and I even asked my DOP uh, that I work with, like there, there's a distinct difference. And he's like, yeah, there's a difference in color correction with this new trailer, but it still feels like that quintessential eighties and nineties Hong Kong action feel to it. And right. just how like everything you you expect in a Hong Kong martial arts action film, the story could be completely simple or anything else. Yeah, it really had it all right there. I look at yeah. the Mortal Kombat trailer, and I'm like, like I'm like looking, I'm like I'm feeling it, but at the same time, just it was questionable because I'm like, okay, you just showed me everything that could or could not be right, and I know you're giving us all the action, giving us. You're you're really a, uh, what's it called? You're really <laughs> hammering in all the red band and R-rated right. materials. Yes, we don't see all of it, but at yeah. the same time, it's you shouldn't try and like spoil everything as much because, like, there's probably a lot more. Yeah, there's probably a lot more. I mean, I'm sure Kung Lao's gonna slice someone. Yeah, Luke with his hat. Like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more. It looks like Jax is about smashing. Oh hands. yeah, definitely uh, going throughout. Like Jax is definitely gonna use his arms to rip someone off, you know. spine his head in. For, for shits and giggles and comedy purposes, mm-hmm. when you get free later and you're bored, watch my yeah. trailer. Re- watch watch our trailer reaction to it. Uh, I definitely did. You're gonna, laugh. Like, you're gonna laugh because I'm honest. Well, how I yes. feel about the first two movies, we build it up mm-hmm. before. Yes, the reaction, but uh, um. Uh, Asian Moon Enthusiast says we're going to end up seeing too much of Godzilla versus Kong in the trailer. I haven't, Eric. I have not watched. I only seen the first Godzilla versus Kong trailer. I haven't watched anything else. I know they're showing. This is why because they're showing tons of shit, extra and, shit, and especially with, and especially like the aggressive marketing that they approach so many times. Especially when the film's coming out in less than a month. Like I, I totally understand that because everyone's stuck at home, depending on where you guys are, where everyone is, and whatnot in terms of lockdown procedures. But they're really pushing that, especially if theaters are open. So right, I right. I technically understand that from that standpoint because I really I really try and push whatever stuff that I had at the time. Like I try and get as much marketing material out with certain trailers that I have or my shorts or anything else like that. And it's like, yeah, if if it's coming out right here. Okay, right. try to push it here, push it here, push it here, and it's really, really a, that that aggressive marketing that that gets people like, oh yeah, we heard this so many times, so it's time to see it. Like that's why everyone got saw Independence Day as much as like they were excited, and now it's like we finally saw the White House explode. <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, a lot, of, a lot of there's nothing wrong with being. You know, apprehensive and like, no. you know, it looks the Mortal Kombat trailer looks good, but I got concerns. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, people get stupid when they attack people for that. Oh, it's like, yeah. dude, there's nothing wrong with being concerned just because someone's not as excited as other people. Yeah, you know? okay, like everyone exactly go nuts over everything. 
But I think a, a lot of people are positive about the Mortal Kombat trailer, especially yes. because we got to remember this is what we used to have. Mm-hmm. Suckers! <laughs> oh god! Someone actually revealed that that was a rough cut of the whole. The whole film was a rough cut. I read somewhere. Lee, uh, tell me if someone actually did state that the whole film was a rough cut. And I was like, they just released it as is because audiences were just like saying, "Yep, yeah, we look." We, uh, the test audience says, yes, we love this. And they release it as is. Like, no way. Yeah. Wow. That makes that. a little bit more sense. Like, but, like, I'm like, really? That's why the, the VFX is crap and all this stuff? Like, no way. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of late rush. Because I think I and that might be the case. It might be true. It kind of makes sense if it is. But I'm going with the other half. Because this yeah. movie literally came out the next year. After the first Mortal Kombat, they came out yeah. like next year or the year after. Like it was yeah. literally like make a sequel go. And I remember like growing up, like ready and hyped to see Mortal Kombat one. And then when Mortal Kombat two's trailer, I was like, okay, I'm definitely seeing this. And I was like, and I think yeah. you said it like uh, in one of the movies, like, what did we watch? <laughs> <laughs> Your father's like. Ah. Yeah, like, if, again, again, when you're bored and you got free time, check out our <laughs> "Is It Really That Bad?" episode. We do yeah. and Mortal Kombat and Annihilation, so yeah. you'll laugh at that too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but that's so funny, man. That's wow. I did, if that's true, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. I know, right? It's so weird wow. that it's like it's a rough cut. Oh my god! Uh, you mean there's um, there's gotta be a better film? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe the effects could have been better, but we still had that type of fight choreography. We still had Raiden. Raiden with Party City wig. <laughs> Party City wig and then right to Billy Idol hair. And yeah. then... Poor poor James Remar. It, it, yeah. I, I like James Remar, but it looked like he did not want to be there. No. Like, this is like... <laughs> Oh, what fun. We're having, a, we're having a blast here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lee says on Twitter, confirmed it. I still don't buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it, man. What could they have improved, though? Think about it. If they took more time with it, you know? Because all yeah. the typography, everything was already filmed. The only thing they could have improved on was the CGI. The CGI. And... It. But we still would have had Party City Raiden, who didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know? We still would have had... The dialogue. We still would have had all that horribleness. Oh God! Just, just how Katana delivers. Mother, you're alive. Too bad you will die. I'm just like, okay, yes, yes. I'm already dying. I'm already dying from all this acting. And you know, I mean, Sub Zero just showed up and made a bridge and left. Literally, just like he made a bridge and then said, "Peace out. I'm out." Exactly. Same thing with Nightwolf. Nightwolf yeah. did the same thing. This like, is the this is Mortal Kombat cameos. Yes. Peace out, uh, Scorpion suckers, and then left. Yeah. Like that's where I try and Some say. Some heroes came back at the end of the movie and fought. That would have been cool. Yeah. But and, no, no. <laughs> and, and that's where I praise the new Mortal Kombat. Actually. Um, Focusing on the story between Sub Zero and Scorpion 
from what I've heard for the first half. And I'm like, okay, that's actually a good thing. And the next thing I know, whatever the feud is, you're going to build the tournament around it. Okay, that'd be interesting to see. But honestly, like, yeah. I definitely interested in seeing the, how they portray it now. Unless they want to go with the Mortal Kombat 11 idea. It's like, yeah, this is a different timeline. You know, where, like, all the other movies exist, just like how the DC movies and TV series all exist in every different aspect. I'm just like, oh, my God, you're doing it. You're actually doing it. DC Universe movies are actually all exist in each different universe. Oh, my God. And... Is Marvel doing the same thing? Yep. Here's Spider-Man. Here's Doctor Strange 2. All the Marvel films from the Fox and Sony universe could actually exist in one way. I'm like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and you know what the sad part is? I have to go on this rant right now because like, so many people talk about Tenet, but the wrong thing is about Tenet, spoiler alert, is the side fact that same matter cannot exist in the same space. And the only reason why I know that is fucking time cough. The fact that time cough is, makes more sense than fucking Tenet. I cannot. I oh, can't. oh my God. Did you see our video on Tenet? Uh, not yet. I am The name of the video. We just recently yeah. uplo uploaded this like last week. Mm -hmm. The name of the video is why we didn't finish Tenet. Oh, God. Yeah, it's funny. It's hilarious. That's One funny. day you may go back to it, but we're not paying for it. We're watching it for free. Yeah. But like, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny you bring that up. It's hilarious. Like just uh -oh. seeing Tenet in theaters and I'm just sitting there going, This this hurts my head. This hurts my head. It's like Aaron Pop did it better. Yes, I'm wow. saying that a Van Damme film made more sense about time travel. I respect Back to the Future, but when yeah. you have Van Damme says says same matter cannot exist in the same space, and then fucking kicks Ron Silver to his other her, Eric, to his other self, it makes less sense than Time Cop. I'm gonna have some serious problems. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. That's too funny, man. Speaking of Van Dam, speaking of Van Dam, segue. Don't forget Movie Dojo Army. Don't forget to check out the Versus series. That's right, Versus episode this week on Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. See all you guys there. We're gonna be doing Van Dam film, Death Warrant versus Sylvester Stallone film, Lock Up. Yes, there will Crazy be one movies. winner. There'll be one winner. So that's going to be a fun debate and discussion. And uh, uh, Kyle, you're always welcome, my friend. Anytime you, you so want, much. anytime you want to come on a live stream just to talk movies, shoot the shit. You're always welcome here in the dojo. Much and, appreciated. Uh, um, you know, let me know if you want to get in on the series versus series, or is it really that bad series? You know, that's going to be fun because I'm sure there's movies out there you like that are yeah. good. But the critics panned it. Yes. So hit me up, man. Like I know you're busy. You're doing your filmmaker. No, thing. don't worry. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate everyone in the movie dojo for yeah. having me. Really yeah. appreciate all you guys, and it's great talking to all of you. I really had yes. a great time. This, this, was, this, awesome. was, a, this was a blast. Uh, we're on the same page. We're best friends now. You like yeah. Kill Zone? We uh, like Kill Zone. We we hate Iceman. We hate yeah. Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but chat, keep an eye out for Night Watch. 
a future project coming out from Kyle. He's working on it right now. Um, keep an eye out for it. It may evolve into something else, but we'll keep that on the hush. But uh, keep an eye out for Nightwatch or any future projects from Kyle. Uh, he's living the dream. He's getting his feet dirty, even dirtier now, doing assistant directing for movies like Run, which is on Hulu right now. You can catch that as well. And, you know, like I said, I, I, we're rooting for you, my friend. Any Thank future so projects, martial arts, action, live action adaptations of video games, we're all there for you. Horror, we're there. It. We got your back because you're a fan. You're a fan like us. Yeah. And we got to support our brothers. Definitely. So, Thank you really so much, everybody. People. Appreciate that, my friend. I will not be getting in a fight with you because I'm going to get my ass kicked. But you're my you're my seafood now. That's I don't I don't I don't beat on my children uh, on my students. I don't beat on my students. I don't really beat on my students. I am not that type of piece of shit master to do that. I help you. I teach you whatever you need to do. I just let you go go and figure it out after that. If you guys want to do anything else, it's like okay. I'm not. But that's just me. Fun stream. Uh, Thank Chad, you so much. Enjoying it. Yes, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's saying take care, Kyle. Thank uh, you. Some guy from Film Combat Syndicate. You know who that guy is? Who is that? I, I think his name is Lee, but thank you, Lee. <laughs> much appreciated for connecting us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boom says excellent podcast. We really appreciate you guys watching and liking the video. Don't forget, Saturday, uh, Saturday Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time versus episode. And don't forget to vote. You can vote, too. The community tab on the my YouTube channel, you guys can vote. Which one do you guys think is the best movie? And also on the That Fat Samurai Guy group page, make sure if you haven't joined, make sure you guys join. You can vote there, too, because I'm going to show the poll uh, during the episode just for fun. So the Movie Dojo Army has a, a, a voice as well. That's right, because they're badasses. Uh, but until then, we're going to do this again, brother. Let me yeah, know. Definitely. Let I will know, definitely man. keep you in the know. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, Thank you so much, Warrior. everybody. Where yet? And uh, we see you, badasses, next time. Don't forget, watch Warriors too. Yeah. Support Caesar. Woo! There you go.